are you going to call Doubt Busters? I thought you were going to just talk about your wonderful tones, but no, that's an old one now. We're going to leave that one, inshallah. We're going to start a new one soon now. Alhamdulillah. So, brothers and sisters, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillah rahman rahim. So, this stream, Doubt Busters, as uh, hopefully some of you will know, uh, is a stream predominantly for Muslims, but we will take non Muslims as well. Uh, and it's about doubts, about iman, doubts about belief, doubts about maybe even the existence of the creator. And that can be something that can affect not just Muslims, uh, but it can affect non-Muslims as well. Because there are plenty of people out there who uh, might not necessarily be religious, but they do, uh, they do tend to believe in some form of a creator or higher power. And so when doubts creep in, inshallah, if the brothers here can help you in any way, uh, then we can try to, inshallah, help you. And if we can't help you because we, we lack knowledge or lack the understanding, perhaps, then we can try at least, inshallah, to ask a sheikh or ask somebody of knowledge uh, and then help our brothers and sisters out there in humanity and our brothers and sisters, inshallah, in Islam. Um, so uh, if you were on last week and you didn't get on, we did have quite a few people in in uh, in the um, in backstage. And uh, we did apologize and we did say that we would try to get you on if you come on quickly first. And even if you do come on later on, we will still try to uh, let you jump the queue sim simply because you were waiting. Often uh, people do wait for like an hour and a half, two hours and sometimes even longer. So we want to try to, inshallah, help you and accommodate you. So brothers and sisters, today's stream is about doubts that we have. Uh, about Islam, about our Iman, about uh, God Almighty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you would like to ask us any type of question relating to those doubts, uh, please do come on and we'll try to get you on, inshallah. Just one quick uh, a reminder to all brothers and sisters is that you need to have your camera on so we can identify you in the backstage. Uh, once we've identified you, just leave your camera on. We'll introduce you and give you about a few seconds to... Uh, to turn your camera off if you desire uh, to do so uh, before you come on live. So Imran, how are you, brother? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I'm, I'm uh, very well, mashallah. Uh, enjoying the, the good weather we're having at the moment. Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. Um, at the same time, we're thinking about all of the, the you know, the earthquake that we had in uh, Afghanistan and the flooding that's happening in Bangladesh. Uh, may Allah make it easy for the Muslims of Allah, plus the other Muslims around the world yes. we know already. That are having difficulties, uh, so please make dua. And if you know of any reputable charities like Ummah Welfare Trust, etc., who are who are uh, trying to get aid for for helping in these regions that need aid and help, um, please uh, do donate to them. Inshallah. 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 And that reminds me actually that um, we are inshallah planning to do a fundraiser with Ummah Welfare Trust uh, for the floods in uh, Bangladesh and also for the earthquake in Afghanistan. Um, mashallah, they're a wonderful charity and brothers and sisters, if you do get an opportunity, um, many of us here, we tend to donate to Ummah Welfare Trust and we, we love working with the brothers uh, and sisters there <coughs> because they do, mashallah, uh, truly an amazing job, alhamdulillah. Uh, not only that, but they um, are one of the few charities that really uh, do operate as a, um, a charity that gives 100% of what they raise through their fundraisers, um, and, and it goes directly to the, the, the people who are in need. 
um, and they have other revenue streams uh, that they've set up to earn money to uh, run the administration and the employees and and the expenses of the charity. Um, but even that, alhamdulillah, they end up giving back much of what they raise even for, for that um, need uh, back to the charity, alhamdulillah. So it's actually more than 100% of what they raise, they manage to, alhamdulillah, give to our brothers and sisters in need around the world. Uh, may Allah, inshallah, make uh, things easy for our brothers and sisters in, in Bangladesh, Afghanistan, and all over the world, because these are very difficult times, inshallah. But may Allah, may Allah help us all, inshallah. Um, so, brothers, just remember, sisters, if you're in the backstage, you need to have your camera on. We need to identify you. Uh, once we've identified you, uh, then inshallah, we will we will allow you on. And again, if you were waiting last week, uh, please try to get on early because if you get on early, then you you have you know a much greater chance of us being able to push you through the queue and get you on. Uh, Imran, so you know some of the doubts that we often encounter at Speaker's Corner, we encounter on emails and what have you. Often they relate to this uh, misconception, really, that uh, people who are very academically qualified or educated, especially within the field of science, uh, you know, are more, let's say, important to listen to when it comes to the question about God or religion, then actually the people who are experts within the religion or within the concepts of, of God Almighty, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and one of the things that I just wanted to sort of ask you as well, and also brothers and sisters to reflect upon is that, you know, why, why do we actually, as a, as a society, why do we do that? Because generally we tend to go to the person who's an expert in the field uh, that we want to, to to discuss and to learn about. But it just seems that often with religion, people will clamber to all sorts of different fields that have no real, let's say, no real say or ability to even say about the field of religion or about Islam, inshallah. Uh, so go on, Imran, inshallah. What's the, what's your answer? Why do you think so, that is such a case? I think before I think there's a bigger there's a bigger doubt that we need to clarify before we go on to that doubt. And that is the doubt that this is my left hand. So let me just help the brothers who are asking this question, or the sisters who are asking this question. If you can't read that, it means that that's my right hand. Jazakallah khair for that. I hope that clarifies that situation for you. Um, so you asked a really great question, bro. The brother asked a good question. Um, because we do have this fallacy in our minds that... Um, and whether we realize it or not, it's sort of even subconsciously sort of uh, imbued into us that the only way to know about reality, the only way to um, know any truth is through science. And so then that, when then we start to use science as our yardstick to, um, to judge everything else. And actually that's a, you know, that's a really, this is a, that's a fallacy called scientism. There's lots of articles written on, the, on this and lots of even books written about this. Um, because science really has um, a purview. It has a boundary in with which it can operate. And if you try to take it outside of that, then you're, you're going to make mistakes. So um, I think this is what this is really important, that you have to go to the person specialist in the field uh, if you have a really deep query about that particular uh, thing. Science can't inform you about non-scientific uh, things like the metaphysical. Um, you can make some inferences from science, from from observation 
but actually there's no way to measure using science something that's outside of nature. I hope you know that that probably makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I th- and I think that um, <clears throat> the the issue is that when we lack knowledge ourselves, we're very easily bedazzled by somebody who has a little bit of knowledge. Uh, and to some extent, really, it applies, I would say, to even people like myself. I, you know, sometimes people <coughs> at Speaker's Corner, you know, they come up and say, oh, mashallah, you know, you, you brothers, you brother. They'd overpraise, really. And uh, they shouldn't do that, really. And, then, and and I think often the reason for that is that we've not, we, we've become a people, really, generally, I'm saying not just Muslims, but we've, be, we've become a people that are very much feelings um uh, motivated, not necessarily motivated by knowledge, but Mela help us, inshallah. So we've got Brother Ahmed uh, Midad on next, and we're going to have you on, brother. You can leave your camera on, or you can switch it off, uh, whatever you prefer. So we'll have you on next, inshallah. <clears throat> Ahmed, welcome to the stream. You just need to unmute yourself, brother. Just unmute yourself, brother. So there should be an unmute uh, button ah, yes. there for you. Yes. There we go. Assalamu alaikum. Do you hear me now? Assalamu warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. So my name is Ahmed Mirat Haddad. I'm Moroccan. I live in France. And uh, like my problem is that I think that Islam is like, and all other religions, like you can only believe in it just with your heart, but not with logic or anything else. Why is that your problem, brother? Uh, because, like, I think that all the religions, like, there's no proof to believe in it, but, like, a true proof that you can see or you can, like, be logical to believe in that. So the only way to believe in all your religion is faith. And faith is coming from the heart, not from somewhere else. What, from why, logic. Uh, brother, why, how have you arrived at this? Because you're making a claim about how to how to find proof and truth. So what I'm asking yeah. is, how have you come to this understanding? Uh, I've been through... just opened with this uh, very topic, mashallah, the first yeah. question is on this. So tell me how you've arrived at this uh, conclusion. Okay, uh, like I've been a lot of, a lot of, through a lot of bad things in my life. And in conclusion, I see that life don't make any sense. So I can't believe in in a logic in this way to to I don't know how to, to explain this, but like that's what I feel. And no, but brother, like, you I didn't from, of... but brother, you understand what you've just done here? Because you started yes. off by saying that there's no way to prove re- any religion and you yes. have to use logic. And then you yes. say that I believe logic is the only way to understand anything, any proof. And then you just in your religion. last sentence you said to me that um Actually, it's just about how I feel. Uh, so what, what you're doing, brother, is you're not making uh, logical sense at the moment. Yes, so I'm going to yes, ask yes. you again. I want you to tell me how you this idea. No problem. I understand. No, take your time. This is, okay. I want you to explain how you understand that the only way to know truth uh, is by the proof that you're describing, the things that you can see. Why did you come to this conclusion? Because... Like till now, I didn't find any like a true proof to logical proof to believe in in a religion. 
like I didn't find any any true proof. Like tell me tell me something logical to believe that the Islam is the true religion. I know that, but I know it by my heart, not by my mind. So can you tell me, uh, brother, um, when you're talking about true proof, what do you mean? Any proof that Islam is the only, like, the true religion. No, no, brother, because when you're saying anything, I can present yes. you something and you will say this is not sufficient. Yes. So what, I'm asking you is, what I'm asking you is, what would you accept as being sufficient proof? The problem, I don't know what I'm going to accept because till now I didn't find anything okay. that I'm going to so, say this is yes. Not about, yes. This, isn't, brother, this isn't about finding until now. What I'm asking you is, do you know what you're looking for? Yes. What are you looking for? I want I want, like, I want to find something that when I'm going to hear it, I'm going to say yes. This is so logical to me and I'm going to believe in it with my mind, not only by my heart. So what what is that going to what what criteria will fulfill that? Because at the moment you're saying that I want you to show me something. I don't know what that thing is, but when I see it, I will know it. So you are, what you're saying to what I what I'm understanding from you is that you don't know what you are looking for. Yes, I don't know what I'm I'm looking so for how, because how can I the other proofs. If I showed you something that you are not uh, that you don't even know is the right thing or not, how will you know it's the right thing? It's going to make sense. Okay. So what doesn't make sense? So let me try to uh, try to understand you. So what doesn't make sense about Islam? Or, or forget Islam from the beginning, because you said all religion. Do you believe in God? All religions. Yes, of course I believe in God. Why do you believe in God? I believe in God with my heart, not with my mind. Like why, do you believe in, why do you believe in God? I don't even know why I believe in God. But I believe it. And I love God with my heart. But I don't even know why. Okay. And how. So if you're like if you are if you are happy to believe in God with your heart, then what's the problem with believing anything else with your heart? I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Are I'm you happy that you like, believe in God with your heart? I'm happy that I believe in God, but every time like I spend a lot of time thinking about if like God is true, if there is if if all of that is true with my mind. And in conclusion, I don't find anything that makes sense. Like, but I know it's true. It's uh, it's very hard. I'm very confused. Do you understand me, what I'm trying to say? Because you're, you're, what, you're saying to, what you're saying to me is very inconsistent. You're talking about logic, but you're accepting things with your heart. Yes. Um, you, and you accept, you're happy to accept certain things with your heart, but you're not happy. I'm not happy, but I should. And it sounds like you're, the main thing that's bothering you underneath all of this is that you've had some difficult times in your life. Yes. Okay. And and if you didn't have the difficult times, would everything be okay? Uh, I don't know. Maybe during these difficult times, like I had a lot of time to think about the whole life. And I was thinking why that's happened to me all these bad things happen to me. So if it's logical, why God should love me, why I should live all these bad things. So that's my problem. If I think okay. with my and mind. It's, it's, but I know uh, that... I'm not, I'm not feel free to join in, but it seems to me, brother, 
Because I'm trying to understand you. That's my main yes. thing. I'm very sorry because my English is very horrible. No, no, so. you're, you're doing well. So the main problem seems to be that because you've had what you believe are difficult times, that this is the it's made you doubt other things. Yes, uh, it doesn't seem to be a logic thing. Now, what the, seems to happen is that afterwards you've thought about, tried to think about things, and you've become confused, and then you're making some sort of claim about I need evidence. So, for example, you you believe in the in in Allah, yes or no? Yes, of course. Okay. Yes. Do, you, do you believe the Prophet Muhammad is from Allah? Yes. Of okay. Course. Why do you believe these things? I don't know. I believe because I was Muslim. I was raised Muslim. So are you happy? Are you happy to believe me. these things, or you think that they're not going to be? Uh, they're not. They're not. You're not happy about that. This is my confusion. I'm happy about that with my heart, but with my mind, when I think, if God is true, if the Islam is true, why all these bad things happen in in this universe? Now, I think now we are, now we understand. So your main problem is why are there bad things happening in the world or to yes. Okay, and and this is a very common. This is very common. It's nothing to do. You, you what you're thinking is. Uh, I need some logical proof for Islam or logical proof for none of these things are the real reason. The underlying reason you've just told us is that there are bad things happening in the world or bad things. Yeah, the the problem my mind can't accept if there is a true God will like make other people suffer for nothing. Okay. This is the problem. This is so you said for nothing. <sighs> is yes. Yes. Okay, how how do you know it's for nothing? I don't know, but like God creates us, so at least we should live happily in this life. I know, like where other you, imams where, and where other you, people. Brother Ahmed, where did you? Yes. Where did you understand this that God created us to live happy in this life? Because God tell us this every like I forget the the. the I'm gonna search for it. Can you give me like just one minute to? Please I'm look. Yes, I was looking for that verse. Jazakallah. The brothers have put the verse up already. So for the verse, can you read the th the verse on the screen? We will certainly test you with some fear and hunger and some loss of and live and will be given. Yes. So that's an ayah from the Quran, Surah Baqarah, ayah one fifty five. Yes, I know it. Is that telling you that your life that you will be happy and wonderful? But also there is a verse that said when it's a many I forget it. Because I'm so, you can so look for that right one, but first respond okay. to this particular thing. Does this verse say to you that your life will be uh, without difficulty or you will be happy in your life and this is going to be it? But at the end, but give good news to the steadfast. Uh -huh. At the end. Yes. Which and end? I know a lot of people that they live a miserable life and no, no, they brother, die. Brother, brother. And... Which end are they talking about? I guess in this life, not the other in the other life. Where? Do, why do you say that? Because I don't believe that if you want to go to Jannah, you should live miserable here. God is greater than here, than that. No, no, you, you can't. You, this is the thing, brother. You're making, what you're doing is you're making your own criteria that are not from the religion. 
So we showed you that verse, which is about uh, your life will be a test, to, uh, Surah, Surah 2, Ayah 155. I'm going to give you another verse, which is for Surah Anbiya, Ayah, verse 20, uh, chapter 21, verse 35. Read this for me. Everyone is going to test that we will shall make a trial of you with evil and with God, and to us you will be returned. Yes. So what is that saying to you? And to us will be yes, it's 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 clear. Yes. What is it saying? It said that everyone is gonna to taste death and we will shall make a trail of you with evil and with good. That's life. That's life. So is that saying that you will have a happy life? But you're gonna have both good and evil. Yes. So good is a test as well. Could you read this verse, please? Good is a test as well. Yes, yes. We will come to this. Could you read this verse as well? Do people think that they will be left alone because they say you believe and will not be tested and will indeed test those who were before them? Yes. Okay. So all of these verses of the Quran are talking about life is a test. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. So are tests easy? No. Okay. Tests are not easy. Asalaamu Alaikum, Brother Ajaz. How are you? Alaikum Asalaam. I'm just on time as expected. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Uh, we were just talking about this. We were just talking to Brother Ahmed. He's uh, someone who believes in Islam and, and Allah uh, with his heart. He's not able to feel that with his mind and he's a little bit discomforted by this. We've discussed, we've, we've sort of done a little bit of talking and really his main problem is that there are lots of bad things happening around the world and he doesn't mm-hmm. understand. And now we to himself and he thinks that this is a sign that possibly God isn't true. So we've, he, we've, he believes in the Quran, he believes in the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi So we've gone through some of the verses related to um, testing. This life is a test. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, um, just so, so, Brother Ahmed, uh, you understand from these verses that this life is not meant to be uh, without test. Yes, it's gonna. Yes, but I have a question. Uh, Why? So you understand this first? Yes. Yes, I understand. Okay, it's clear. So your your idea that you said before that this life should be without this test is not correct. You agree? Yes. Okay. But what, What's your question? What we should like do this test what's the purpose of this test okay what what do you think the test is why why do you think when you're tested what is it for like at university you have a good grad for have like something at the end like a prize and end so what happens to you if you pass this test in this life in this life you're gonna go to jannah i yes and if you don't? You will not. Yeah. So you mentioned but, uh, uh, glad tidings to the Sabirun, Mubashir Sabirun. Um, I know you, that. Yes. I know that good things and about. bad things are tested. Both of like good and bad things are tested. But why? Like there's people who have a good taste, like easy taste, like... When you oh, are comfortable, no. you have a good health, you have a good... So this it's is not the, thing, the same brother, as you are poor brother, or sick brother, or... Brother Ahmed, this is the thing. 
let's just take something. Say, let's take wealth. Yeah, if Allah gives somebody very little wealth and gives somebody lots of wealth, um, the scholars, when they talk about this, they think that the, the hardest test is the one who is given most wealth. Do you know why? Because often they become arrogant and heedless. They start to think of themselves that I have some position or something like this. That's a hard test. Because you, I don't know. you're sitting... Because I'll give you an example, Brother Ahmed. Uh, okay. Can you see with your eyes? Yes. Can you hear with your ears? Yes. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Are you able to use your arms? Yes. Can you walk? Yes. Are you able to eat food? Yes. You, do you live in a house or a home where you have a roof over your head? Yes. Okay, alhamdulillah. You're, you, are, you, are, you are given a life better than 99.9% .9 of the population on the earth. But I have a lot of mental health problem, so I don't can't I like I don't I even your life, do anything. Your, your life, your life, is better than ninety nine point nine percent of the people on the earth. So your struggle is different. Your test is your test is different. It's not your material things. Your test is your uh, what's happening in your in your mind for you. Do you understand? Yeah. Okay. Now the good thing about this is that when you are tested. When you are tested and you you have the iman and you stick with this and you know you go through the test, the reward is um, immense. The reward is immense for you. Now, the, I hope, does that does that make sense to you? I'm trying to sort of explain yes, to you about yes. the fact that even with even with the suffering, so everyone has difficulties. I'm not trying to make your difficulty seem less, but the if we look around, so if I you know there's a story you told of the person who's complaining about. Um, his shoes are very damaged, you know. Uh, they're they're broken. They're they're about to fall off, and he's complaining, and he's on his way to the masjid. And when he comes out of the masjid, uh, he puts on his dirty shoes and he, his broken shoes, and he's complaining. And he looks and he sees there's somebody sitting there with no feet. And he says, "Alhamdulillah, whatever my situation is, there is someone in the worst situation." Yes, I know the story. So this is very common. So it's really important that when we're looking at ourselves, however our mental, physical suffering may be, there are definitely those who are in a worse scenario. And this life is really a test for us to have a great reward. And tests are not easy. They're not easy. Brother Ijaz, Brother Ahmed, uh, Abbas, did you want to... Yeah, I'd, like, I'd like Brother Ijaz to come in there first, inshallah, because I think, mashallah, he, he has some very good things to say on this point as well, inshallah. I hope so. I don't want to disappoint. But, but Ahmed, how are you doing today, if you don't mind me asking? How's your day been? Yeah, today is so bad, I swear. Alhamdulillah. It was so bad. You know, one of the trials of humanity is, despite our significant technological progresses and the wealth that so many nations have, it turns out that places which are very economically successful today the levels of depression in their societies are greater than in more rural, lesser developed nations. Anxiety, depression, mental illnesses are higher where you have a greater population of human beings with a greater level of wealth. And the funny thing is we tend to think, well, if you have lots of money, life becomes easier. For some people, that is the case. Life becomes easier. They could buy what they want, eat what they want, 
but then that's the trial. How you spend your money, uh, it affects you both spiritually and mentally. So a person who lives, for example, in North America, and every day they can have takeout because they're that wealthy, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, right? They're not going to live a very, what we call a very good health-related quality of life. A person who lives in a more rural place, they might be mentally better off. They may not have anxiety. They may not have depression, but they may not always be able to eat every day or have easy access to water. So, you know, there's this really popular saying, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it says, be kind for everyone you meet is going through a struggle. Everyone. Yes, yes. So we're not here to discount your struggles whatsoever. Every one of us have struggles and none of us are perfect. But the thing is, had Allah created us and threw us into Jahannam, we would say, look how unfair this God is. He did not even give us the opportunity to do good, the good that we think that we can do. But the sad reality of it is, the vast majority of us are going into the hellfire, not because of some injustice by God, not because some of us can't eat every day, not because of the wealth that we have, but because of what we choose to do with the things that we have. So brother, I completely agree with you. Suffering is very bad. And I hate seeing people being, you know, less destitute or, or being in pain or being abused, these types of things. But there, I had a change of mind when I was much younger, right? When you're a child, you don't really think about these things. But when you see people suffering like this, this is the reason I chose to do Dawah. Because I want to give people hope of a better life. I want to give them the opportunity and guide them to the one truth that they should submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what, 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 what happens when we do that? If more people became practicing Muslims, would there not be enough zakat to feed the homeless and give them shelter? And for the one who is wealthy, would he not be taxed and would he not have to eat halal? Would he not be held to account by the scholars and by the religious courts? Then we would have a much more just and fair society. So I acknowledge your grief and your discomfort with the suffering in the world. But just having that discomfort and suffering does not mean to give up on your intellectual belief in Islam. What that should cause you to do is to say, there are people I can help and let me help them. So I put the question to you, Brother Ahmed. What are you going to do about this? I'm trying to do all my best. Like, I swear, every time I have opportunity to help anyone I know, like a Muslim person or no Muslim person, I do it. I do it. And sometimes, like, it makes me suffer when I see someone in a difficult situation and I can't even help him. And we do that because we are Muslims. This is what Allah has commanded. He's even told us, even if you hate a people, do not be unjust towards them. We feed both the Muslim and the non-Muslim. We shelter both the Muslim and the non-Muslim brother. So I'm asking you again, what are you going to do after this? Is it sufficient enough to give 
a non-Muslim person a meal for a day? Or can you help them in other ways as well? Like, I'm living in France. France is not a Muslim country. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to give the best, like, like, I don't even know how to say this in English. Like, like people see how kind I am to them. So they're going to think good about Islam. So that's what I'm trying to Alhamdulillah. To so you're doing dawah, is that correct then? Yes, I'm trying to do this. Yes, alhamdulillah. That's what I'm trying to do. So brother, what you're saying to me is, as a Muslim, you understand what you can do and you're doing it. So then the yes. problem is not intellectual. The problem here, brother, is fundamentally emotional. And so who is the one with the power, the ultimate power, to help these people other than what you have already done? Who is that one? It's God. It's God. It's Allah. So who do you turn to? To Allah. And you ask him to help those who need to be helped. I tell I you. Ask I ask him. But, but mm -hmm. like, I ask him a lot to help all the people that suffer, like from my family, even myself. And sometimes, like, like I wait a lot of time and nothing happens. So it doesn't mean, uh, Habibi, it doesn't my, mean, Habibi, it does not mean that nothing is happening. No one can ask Allah to make the earth perfect today because that's not the purpose of the earth. But he can reduce suffering and he can open doorways to mercy. You know, there, there's often this uh, analogy. We ask Allah to give us money, but he doesn't give us money. He gives us means to gain wealth. We ask him to feed us and the food does not rain down from the heavens. He gives us ways to access food. So there are ways in which Allah is helping the people, both visible and which we cannot see. But we can't perceive it. So brother, you are doing what is right and you are doing what is just. So you have at some point, this weight is not yours to carry on. Ask Allah to make the burden easier for the people and then do what you can. And once you've done that, brother, how can you feel guilty beyond that? Yes, acknowledge the suffering, but why hold on to making yourself hurt more than you need to? Recognition of other people's suffering is just that. Recognize it, do what you can, have firm faith, pray for them, and then leave it in the hands of Allah. You've done what you can. And if you can do more, keep doing it. But it does not mean that you need to feel guilty about the things that are happening to others. So when when you see some uh, someone suffering, you should say, mm. yes, I should help him. Yes, and you should do. But you should say that he is suffering because he is passing his test and he should accept it. And No, uh, no what we say, it's, it's that person's life. And you help them as much as you can. You help them get jobs. You help them feed themselves, get shelter. But ultimately, unless a person understands why they exist and why they must live in the way that they must live, it is their burden to carry. Uh, this is the same thing. Uh, you know, I, I don't mean to make this analogy, but we work very closely with domestic abuse survivors. And oftentimes they don't realize that they are trapped. Oftentimes we see them being physically abused and there is nothing legally that we can do about it. Nothing. Because the power is in the hand of the one being abused. And as much as we counsel them, as much as we offer them pathways out, 
it is ultimately they that have to make the decisions for themselves to leave that situation. Like, so but, we can do as much as we can, brother, but if a person chooses to remain in a negative situation, how can I blame myself for that situation? I feel terrible about it, but my hands at that point are tied. God is not forcing that person to stay in that situation. That person has made that choice. What do you say to this? I see, but I'm, tr I'm seeing a lot of pe people that are struggling and they are doing their best. They are trying. Like they are trying all their best. They're, they pray, they're trying, but mm -hmm. nothing happened at the end. So what do you give me an example of someone that in such a situation and let's discuss it. Okay, I'm gonna give you like I'm gonna talk about myself. Okay. So I will How not about talk. we don't talk about yourself because it's a very public forum and I don't want people who dislike you to misuse this information against yes, you. Yes, yes. So tell yes, me yes, about sure. a friend. So okay. tell me about a friend or a stranger, that's okay. Okay. I know a friend, mm -hmm. no, father friend, that he had a cancer. Mm -hmm. And he did all, all, like, mm -hmm. what he can do mm -hmm. to stop the cancer. But nothing, like, happened in the end. And mm -hmm. he is not dead at the, right now, but, like, the... He will the, be. He will be. He will be, like, mm -hmm. very soon. They told him that mm -hmm. he cannot be dead very soon. And because... Yes. He did all of that. Right now, he is mm -hmm. in a very hard financial situation. And mm -hmm. even his son is going to struggle because of that after the death of his father. Subhanallah. And he was a very good person. Mm -hmm. He was a, he was very good Muslim. Like, mm -hmm. he was someone very kind that helped mm -hmm. people at the end. Okay, so brother, let me I put the question to you. I pray for him. I brother, pray for him. Yes. Brother, I very much sympathize with that situation for many more reasons than the people here will understand. But does that brother, does he believe in Islam? Yes, he believes in Islam. Has, has he lost his faith because of his suffering? No. No. So then why should you? Because I'm seeing, like, my in my mind, I think it's unfair situation. Like, why? But, why? But it's not unfair, brother. Listen, I'll tell you why it's not unfair. You are only born with one guarantee. If you are born, you will die. Full stop. Whether yes. you die, whether you die one second after being born, or a million seconds. I don't even know if that's possible. I, I could be wrong, right? Um, my math, my math ain't that great, guys. Trust me. I think it's possible. Okay, inshallah, inshallah. Okay. The only guarantee you have after birth is death, and yes, cancer is a horrible thing, and you suffer with a lot of pain in cancer. But our dean tells us something: that though you suffer, it is not in vain. And that Muslim brother, mashallah, he's one of millions suffering cancer. The difference between him and a disbeliever who suffers in the cancer is that the Muslim understands that this is not truly his end. That there is hope for something which comes after it. And what does Allah command us in the Quran? Do not lose hope.
And that Muslim brother hasn't lost hope. Has he stopped being kind? Brother, let me ask you. Has he stopped being kind? Oh, did we lose Ahmad? I think I his connection know. isn't strong, so... Well, see, the thing is, I look at the camera, not at the screen, so I don't know how long I was talking to the camera and not the screen. Because when you okay. look at the screen, people think you're not speaking to them, right? So, inshallah, he comes So, back. this is a, I mean, it's Jazakallah care for this. Uh, Abbas, if you want to add anything at all, please feel free. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that the issue here is that, uh, mashallah, you brothers have explained it very well. Um, you know, he said he doesn't have any intellectual reasons for believing in the Creator. But actually, the decisions that shook him or the things that he experienced that shook him in terms of his iman were nothing to do with intellectual decisions anyway. Mm -hmm. They were to do with the fact that there was evil or, or there were problems or there were stresses in life, basically. Now, the point here is that as we must have put on quite a few verses of the Qur'an, uh, this is already a guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that that's what life is going to be filled with. That there are going to be difficulties and they're going to, there's going to be ease, and the ease will be greater than the difficulty. Now, that, that ease may come in this world or that ease may come in the hereafter, but Allah's promise is that the ease, the relief of the difficulty, will be greater, much greater than the difficulty itself, because this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the issue is so, so in effect, this, is, this should not be a surprise to us. So to have a difficult life or to see difficulty outside of our lives with other people or communities or countries. You know, Afghanistan has just had a, um, an earthquake. Oh, earthquake. One could argue that, subhanAllah, these people are already suffering. They've had decades of war. Um, they've had, you know, all sorts of problems. And now they've had an earthquake as well. And wh why would Allah do this? And the point here is that that's what Allah has said. Allah will test those that he loves the most with the greatest test, with the greatest hardship. And the prophets, now this is interesting. <laughs> the prophets who were the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were tested the most. Their trials and their tribulations, actually their afflictions of disease and of hardship were enough to, subhanAllah, any one of us would have been completely shaken to pieces. And yet... Their iman became stronger, their belief in Allah became stronger. And Allah even explains to us why He's giving us the difficulties. Why are these difficulties there? Because Allah differentiates the people with taqwa, with the closest, with the closeness of Allah, with the belief of Allah, with the firm conviction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He also differentiates those who are truthful from the liars. In other words, people who just say, I believe and I submit. But when, when, an affliction, uh, when an affliction befalls them, they deny Allah or they deny Allah's mercy, kindness, and they deny the favors of Allah that are innumerable. In other words, we can't count them. We can't count the favors of Allah. So we forget all the other favors that Allah has done, which are uncountable. And we concentrate one on one or two of the difficulties that we see. Uh, and so the fact here is that it's not a logical, uh, necessarily a logical argument to say because they're suffering, therefore they can't be or there or there's a uh, not. He didn't say can't be a God, but he said he doesn't understand why this would happen. The other last thing I'd like to say is that just because we, we don't understand something doesn't make it untrue or doesn't mean that therefore you can 
you know, are, therefore an, a conclusion will arise from that um, because we don't know why it's happening. What we do know is that it will happen. Uh, but we know that Allah is all wise and we know that on the day of judgment, and this is also taught to us that on the day of judgment, uh, when Allah gives us the reward for the difficulties that we were patient about, and we were still grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all the other wonders that Allah gave us. And even grateful for the affliction, actually, of the hardship, knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us great reward for our patience and perseverance. On that day, a person will wish that they never saw a happy day. On that day, they will wish that they never received any good in this life because the reward will be so great. So these are all of the things that, inshallah, when we have a bit of basic knowledge about uh, about Allah, uh, about the Prophet wasallam, about Islam, that we can then contextualize these issues in, in a more, let's say, uh, you know, balanced way, in a more uh, reasonable way, uh, a more understanding way. Uh, otherwise, we'll find that whenever we have hardships, well, why is Allah not listening to my dua? Why is Allah not listening to my supplication? Like he just said, Allah hears every supplication. And just because Allah does not relieve the issue immediately, it doesn't mean that Allah hasn't heard your issue. It doesn't mean that Allah is not aware. But if you persevere with patience and with gratitude, there is a great reward. And inshallah ta'ala, Allah will give you ease. The ease will come. It might not happen this day. It might not happen this week. It might not happen even this year. But the relief will come, inshallah. So have a firm conviction in that. But alhamdulillah, look, the beautiful thing about our religion in Islam is that we don't have to be grappling at these issues in the dark. You know, the brothers here, we don't have to make things up to make you feel good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu has explained these things in great depth and in great detail. If we just take the time, inshallah, to constantly study a little bit, we will get these answers, inshallah ta'ala. Um, but yeah, brothers and sisters, if you want to add anything, uh, brothers, if you want to add anything, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, that's fine, inshallah. And just to sort of emphasize that this this life isn't the end. Yeah, alhamdulillah. This is one of the things that people sometimes forget. There is a bigger picture. Alhamdulillah. Um, and Allah is just to everyone, so everyone will get the reward, And also, you know, Iran and Ajaz, you know, we sometimes might perceive a billionaire flying around in a private plane, uh, you know, with mansions all over the world and boats and yachts and super yachts and all these sort of, and we might think, wow, you know, this person must be le living the happiest life. Well, some of these people commit suicide, subhanAllah. Sometimes their children commit suicide. Sometimes their children uh, are on drugs and they to totally destroy their lives. Or they themselves are on drugs and they totally destroy their lives. And their trials and their tribulations, as Ijaz said, you know, with wealth comes uh, a great responsibility and accountability. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, the person who just has... Uh, dal to eat, lentils to eat, and maybe some dried roti or dried rice, old rice or something, or maybe not even that, subhanAllah, actually might be far better off, maybe happier and more content with that than the, than the man or the woman flying in a private jet, subhanAllah. And we've seen it in our own lives. We've seen uh, actresses and actors and singers and people in their 20s and 30s committing suicide. 
in such desperation and, and turmoil in their lives, they commit, so they kill themselves. Subhanallah. So we need to just reflect on that as well. Um, and may Allah, inshallah, give us the strength to understand these things uh, and appreciate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is indeed, uh, you know, Arhamur Rahimin, the Ghafoorur Rahim, the most merciful, the, the extremely merciful, the perfectly merciful, inshallah, uh, and compassionate. And that, inshallah, there is meaning to this, even if we don't understand the meaning. Because we have faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah knows things that I don't know. Allah, Allah knows the outcome of these things better than I can ever know. And inshallah, this will help us to cope better. And you know, one last thing, I've gone on quite a long time, but I just want to say there was a reporter and she became Muslim, mashallah. I think she was in Palestine or Lebanon or somewhere where the bombs were flying around outside the house. <clears throat> and the women in the house were with sitting with her. And they were consoling her. Don't worry, inshallah, Allah is with us. Everything will be okay. And she couldn't understand that there were bombs and missiles flying all around them. And these, I, she was fearful for her life that she could die any second. But these women seemed happy. They seemed content. They seemed at peace. They were smiling and talking and they were doing dhikr and they were remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And later, upon her investigation, she realized where that strength came from where that peace that they were having on, uh, you know, where that, where did that come from? And Alhamdulillah, that became her door to, to, to acquiring Islam, to accepting Islam, Alhamdulillah. So, you know, these are, Alhamdulillah, wonderful lessons that we can all, inshallah, learn from. So, um, brothers, if you've got anything to add, otherwise we'll get the next uh, guest on. Ijaz, you're just muted, I think. Like I said, I keep saying every week I'm new, and it's been so <laughs> long, I still can't get the basics right. Um, <laughs> Now, this reminds me of a recent story in the news, right? I'm not going to go into the specifics because it might be inappropriate. But you can be the richest man in the world and not being able to have one thing ruins you mentally. That one thing. So, you know, the richest man in the world was flying on a jet recently and he made a proposition that did not work out. And that ruined his reputation, of all things tanked his company's value. Now his uh, child does not even want to associate with him from what I've just seen on the news. And I think someone posted it in the comments as well. So being the wealthiest person in the world you might have many blessings, but if you can't get one thing, you obsess about it and it breaks you. So subhanAllah, whatever Allah has given us, this is sufficient, alhamdulillah. And we ask and we give thanks because he has given us what he's given us. Because it only takes one moment to take everything away. So, alhamdulillah. You're muted, brother Abbas. And I didn't do it, by the way. Uh, no, no, you didn't. I'm, I'm just copying you there. Uh, brothers and sisters, if you're in the backstage, you need to have your camera on and we need to have your face on the camera. Uh, and then we will get you on. Uh, before we get you on, we will give you an opportunity to um to, to to turn your camera off if you desire to do so before you come on so brother mo uh ab we're going to get you on next uh you can leave your camera on or you can switch it off whatever you prefer okay mo ab welcome to the stream uh thank you assalamualaikum Walaikum assalam um i actually to be honest when i started watching this stream i didn't really felt the need to participate because I didn't really have doubt. But I, I, I did, however, add some 
questions about things which I'm not, um, which I do not understand at the moment. And one of which is is the predestination and the free will. Uh, to be honest, I, I can understand that uh, Allah Taala is outside of the um, space continuum and therefore can see the future and 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 the present and and the past. And I have no problems um, understanding that concept. But um, it's just I, for example, when I go back to when when I put it back to simpler things like. Um, making small bad decisions, you say it's it's already written. It's muktub. You you just I don't know. It it feels like a excuse to um, yeah to do not so smart stuff as I would say. I'm not understanding the brother more. Just to be clear, just because it is written, it's written because Allah is all knowing. You still made the choice. That's why it's written. Exactly. So that's that's completely separate. As in, yeah, I, I, I got my free will. I, I, I guess you you still did the thing because you chose to do it. Allah already knew what your choice would be. Hence, when we say it is written, it means because literally you made the choice, and because Allah is all knowing, it is written in that sense. But, but isn't there also something which which is that every year? I, I think it, uh, mm-hmm. the angels um, yeah. write something down. So yeah, um, yeah I, I don't. So so there's a teaching that precedes that one, which is that dua can change kadr, right? That, that this is another uh, teaching as well. These two go together because you would Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knew that you would make dua, and in making that dua, Allah has facilitated ease for you. That's all it simply means. In the end, your actions. Uh, your own and Allah can dispense mercy by his will respective or irrespective of those decisions that you make but if you ask he will give whether it's in this life or the next that's up to him but he will give Alhamdulillah either way you get um, I also um, I have I'm, I'm, I would say I'm perhaps mentally not in a good place and um Mm-hmm. I, I kind of have the feeling sometimes that that I would like to, for the end to be a, mm-hmm. near, so that um, yeah, the, the wrongdoers get punished. And I mean, what what we what we see daily um, in the world upsets. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and but mm-hmm. yeah, the problem is, I of course I do not know whether or not uh, I did enough to to um, yeah, to to enter gender. Well. This is the thing, right? Allah tells us again, do not lose hope. If you know for yourself that you affirm the six articles of faith, that you've not disbelieved in Allah, and that you know, you've know you not committed kufr, brother, then there is nothing to be obsessed or worried about. And the thing is, if you feel, uh, you know, there's a teaching by Sheikh uh, Faraj Rabbani, right? He teaches, if you have concern about whether or not you have you know, disbelieved or believed, then this comes out of Iman. This is taqwa, fundamentally. You you have a healthy fear of God and a healthy concern for your own akhirah that only a mu'min can have these qualities. So the, you should ease your mind. The rest of this is just waswasa. You've already accepted that you have a good concern for yourself in obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is sufficient.
So um, it's sufficient, brother. Yeah, I, I th th thank you first of all um, for um, for the explanation. I, I do want to um, add something um, to the brother uh, we we had before in, in regards to. He said we, we didn't have any proofs, and I just wanted to say. Um, um, for example, how the embryo or the baby is formed in, in the mother, etc. I think for me personally, that's one of the, the yeah big proofs in my eyes that um, that yeah, which is which you could perhaps see uh, look look up scientifically, as in how can someone describe this thousand four hundred years ago? Um, apart from that, I just want to thank you um, for this um, chance. No, brother. Thank you, Jessica Lohaiwen, one, for coming on, two, for expressing how, you know, the, the concern you had for yourself. And I want to ask the audience to do something in return for you, brother. Make dua for our brother more. Make dua that Allah facilitates ease for him in his heart. Amin. And you know that when you say amin to a dua, Allah grants you the same reward of the barakah of it. So let's all say amin to this dua and get the reward of it. Brother Mo, may Allah bless you, make your affairs easy for you. Amin. And forgive amin. you for any of your shortcomings. Just a little chaiwan for coming on. Alhamdulillah. So this is this is really um interesting, isn't it? Because people try and um access something that maybe isn't accessible to us. Uh, which is uh, this discussion with the Qadr. But Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah for that explanation. Um, ultimately, Allah is just, and you will be judged for the choices and the decisions that you make. Uh, if you were not a moral agent who can make decisions, then you would not be culpable for anything that you do. And so we know that Allah is not unjust, and therefore we have the ability to make choices, and Allah gives that ability to us. And also Allah is all-knowing, so he is able to know in advance of what we are going to do. Um there's a, uh, there's an eye in the Quran, I think it's, uh, I'll post it here, it's Surah 81, which sort of gives this sort of for you. And it says that, for whoever wills among you to take a right course, and you do not will accept that Allah wills. And this is sort of giving you the, the, the whole thing in a nutshell. We have our ability to make choices, but ultimately Allah is in control. And that's the thing that we probably find hard to re reconcile. May Allah make it easy for, for everyone, inshallah. And, and I think, you know, what it is, is that the... Allah is in control of everything and yet we are responsible for our actions and how those two fit together. The Prophet ﷺ said that when the conversation of Qadr comes up, don't delve too much into it because he's advising us وسلم, that you're not going to be able to understand it. That this concept is actually is a very difficult concept and it's one there are certain things that are um, uh, uh, in front of us, i.e. visible and seen and are explained in detail. And there is the unseen. Allah says that in the Quran. The believer is the one who believes in the seen and the unseen. This is also a part of the test of our iman. That just because I don't understand how the mechanics, how they actually fit together. You know, how can they be Allah who knows everything? Everything happens by the will of Allah. Every, Allah does everything. We are not in control of doing anything, basically, in terms of the physical act. Because remember, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifted his power and his strength and his control, everything would disappear into a mirage. The very molecules, the very atoms, the very laws of physics, everything that's holding us together, that gives us any meaning or existence, any, any, all of that is Allah is in full control of everything. 
So without Allah's full control of everything, nothing would exist. It, it's dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for its existence. So how that fits into that we will be questioned for the actions that we will do because Allah will say, and on that day, none of us will say that, Ya Allah, you made me do it. Ya Allah, you were the ones who made me do that sin. Allah, so it's not my responsibility. We will all accept on that day the actions that we did. That you know, and we our own limbs will testify against us on that day of the sins that we did. Now, how those things are coupled together, uh, we don't know. This is the ghayb, this is the unseen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is his his uh, miracle. But as Imran said, everything is overshadowed by Allah's mercy and Allah's perfect justice. And so, inshallah, for our hearts, that should be enough, and that should give us that should make us content, inshallah. That whatever it is, however that works, it's going to be with complete justice and complete fairness. And whether I, with my limited understanding, my knowledge, my brain can understand these things or not understand these things, does not make them right or wrong in the least, because I just don't have that knowledge. <clears throat> so let's get uh, Al-Ghazali on next. Uh, you can leave your camera on or you can leave it off, whatever you prefer, brother. Al-Ghazali, welcome to the uh, stream. You just need to unmute yourself, brother. Uh, okay, thank you, Da'wah team. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, so um, the question that I have is, um, I was. Salam alaikum, uh, brother. Are you Muslim? Born, born Muslim. But, born Muslim. Uh, okay. Yeah, but currently it's difficult for me to identify I'm Muslim, but I still go to the masjid, right? Uh, brother, can you just speak uh, a little bit? Sorry, closer to the microphone. We can't hear you clearly. So you said you were born in the Muslim family. Are you no longer Muslim? You don't believe in Islam? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm struggling to believe uh, in Islam, but I still go to the masjid, pray with Jama'a, try, you know, to watch um, videos on YouTube, uh, like uh, Brother Mansur, uh, Hamza, and this is Dawah as well. So the thing is, I am in a state of confusion. My confusion is, the idea of uh, Tawheed in Islam is something that uh, cultivates my mind. That is the only thing that I can understand and accept and believe in uh, regarding God. Uh, I try to uh, read some other books outside of Islam as well. So brother, sorry, I'm not, I'm not interrupting you. I'm just trying to hear you clearly. Did you say the concept of Tawheed in Islam? Yes, that, that is the um, concept of Tawheed is the only explanation of God and his attributes that can convince me or that can uh, that can be easily understood for me, right? So the issue that I have is there are some uh, uh, ideas of Islam which are very difficult for me to understand. So I, I'm in a sort of kind of, a sort of confusion. Uh, so I believe in Tawhid, which is good for me. Then the issue that I have is, for example, in Islam, Last time, uh, Brother Abbas was trying to explain to some other guy about the ruling of apostasy in Islam. So when I read Hold the on. Quran, can can you pause? I I I thought you said your problem was with Tawheed. It's not with Tawheed. No, no. My the Islamic concept which is understandable and something which I believe is Tawheed. Okay, okay. Because your mic is really low. It's difficult to hear exactly what you're trying to say, brother. Okay, let me in humanity. Me. All right. 
give me a second. I will change my. I will change. I my see mind. that smile, Doctor Imran. I see it. And by the way, I swear you said F Dawa. It's E F Dawa. Okay, can can you hear me now? Oh, that's yeah. a lot. Oh, better. thank God. Hey, so, the microphone. That's now, a bit of a transformation. Okay. That's uh, wonderful. <laughs> okay, okay, so I, what, I have an honest question. What were you speaking into previously? Okay, uh, I was using another mic, by the way. So sorry for that. Okay, okay oh, so thanks a lot. So my, my, I can my hear your words now. So my question is, uh, first regarding God and the understanding about God, I try to, you know, to talk to Hindu brothers and to Christians, to some other people, atheists. The only explanation of God, which is understandable for me and something that I can understand is at-tawheed. It's very clear in the Quran and the way the uh, you know, Islamic scholars explain about God, it's very clear the Muslims, they do, repent, they do repentance and Allah accepts that repentance, right? It's very clear. You like Christianity, you don't need, God doesn't need to kill himself. Uh, Brother, or Brother, Ghazali, Brother Ghazali, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but what's your doubt? Because this... Okay, this all right, okay. My doubt is, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, let me go straight. So the question that I have in Islam is, I feel I feel uh, like there is a violent nature of Islam. For example, the ruling on apostasy is very difficult for me to understand. There is harder riba during the uh, Abu Bakr time, and even after that, the ruling according to the four uh, the four uh, mazahib uh, for apostasy is, I think, killing. So, for example, in the community that I grew up, I witness people coming to Islam. Some few people also living Islam. So some man, if he's not convinced about the religion, he should be allowed to live. We don't need to force him to stay in the religion. There, in Islam, everything is clear. There is nothing to hide. We don't have anything to hide uh, within Islam. Everything is clear. Every, any, anybody, they can explore, they can read, right? So uh, I cannot comprehend how, how, how we believe in Islam. Someone should be killed if he leaves Islam. For example, let's say someone is a born Muslim. Uh, so uh, once he grows up, uh, he doesn't feel like Islam is the right religion. But that's for him, not for us. If he doesn't believe in Islam anymore, it's up to him to live. So this concept is something troubles me. And okay. when, I, when I talk to my friends as well, I don't have an explanation. Sometimes they ask me, oh, you Muslims, you kill if someone leaves Islam. That I Rather, always keep Rather, quiet. Brother Ghazali, we understand your question, inshallah. Okay. Can, I, can I ask you a question? Okay. Does Islam say there is any ruling on somebody who changes their mind? Uh, I think so, because uh, in the Ahadith, uh, Rasulullah said, Man That is in Bukhari. No, no, brother, I asked you a question. Mm -hmm. so, so, for example, you go to any Muslim country today, mm -hmm. even some of the countries that you might re uh, regard as fairly hard line in terms of, you know, they have zero tolerance for things, you know? Mm -hmm. Will you find lots of people who stop practicing Islam in those countries? Uh, practically, no. You, you, will, you will not find people who stop praying, stop fasting and stop no, doing all of those things? No, I mean, no. Even in, in Islamic countries like Saudi Arabia, some people, there are some people, they don't go to messages, they don't pray, even they right. do some haram things, right? Like yes. partying, drinking, all that stuff. They I do know everything. That. In fact, they do everything, right? Yes. Okay. Are they killed? They are not. They're not killed. Okay. Yes. So the first, the first thing we need to differentiate here is that the crime of apostasy is a very specific crime. 
Now, let me ask you a question. Now, this is a question that perhaps I haven't heard asked before, but let me ask you a question. There is a man, and he ends up taking 10, 15 people from his community, mm -hmm. and he throws them into a fire, and he burns them, and he kills them. Would it be better to stop that individual if the only means you had was to execute that person, would it be better to kill him or allow him to kill the 10 or 15 people that he's going to kill? Uh, it's better to kill that uh, single individual, but that right. is... That no, no, but hold on a second. Abbas. Okay. No, no, but I'm, I'm coming to that. I'm coming to that, brother. I'm coming to that. The crime of apostasy in Islam is somebody who publicly announces his apostasy or her apostasy, Okay. It is seen as a form of uh, uh, treason against the state. And there are very specific rules in that apply to that crime of apostasy. Yes. So the person has the right to a court hearing. They have three days to recant. And this is for something that is done publicly. Now, the question here is this. When somebody comes out publicly what is generally the intention of the individual to do so? It's to convince others of his position being correct. Would you accept that? Yes, but what is the problem with that then? If he no, tries no, to convince no, other no, people as a problem. We're, we're coming to that. We're coming to that. Okay. Now, when a person goes public and has now an intention to convince others of his position or her position, i.e. to apostatize, to, to leave the belief in Allah and the, uh, the belief in Islam, what is the consequence of that for those people if they accept his convincing those people? What is the, what is the result of that? Uh, Abbas, to be honest for me, if someone leaves Islam, I don't really care about him. It's up to well, him. For, for no, me, no, I, I don't no, believe no, Islam no, because of that guy. That's not the question. But brother, I didn't mm -hmm. ask you that question, did I? I asked you when somebody goes publicly and that becomes a reason of fitna and trial for the people and now other people are being convinced by this individual to apostatize. What happens to those people who apostatize? So uh, basically what this means is that other people, uh, their, their belief is very is not in a good foundation. That's what it means. Because someone apostatized about, uh, from Islam and he started to speak about Islam, something bad, then uh, how is that a problem to the community? Brother For Ghazali, brother mm -hmm. Ghazali, I asked you a very specific question. Mm -hmm. What happens to those people that are convinced to apostatize? What happens to those people on the Day of Judgment? On the Day of, uh, day of Judgment, Allah will judge them uh, based on their... Uh, no, the, not, the way their crimes they have. If they apostatize, what happens to them? They die. They so, die in kufr. If they die yeah. in kufr, what happens to them? They will go to hellfire. They'll go to hellfire, right? Yeah. So what Islam says is this: is a very important rule. Now I want you to all just hear the rule here. The individual rights to do whatever you want to do, to believe whatever you want to believe. To deny whatever you want to deny is with the individual. But the second that you start to create fitna, facade, problems throughout society and take other people to the hellfire with you, Islam does not tolerate this. Islam does not accept this. Now, the point here is this, though, that the ruler may decide, 
and have decided throughout history that there may be another punishment that this person might have. So they might be imprisoned or they may be threatened with imprisonment, basically. It doesn't necessarily have to be that the person will be executed because at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, there were people that were hypocrites. There was an entire list that the Prophet gave to the Sahaba, one of the Sahabi, right? And he said, do not disclose who these hypocrites are. Now, we're told that the hypocrites will be at the lowest point of hellfire. They will be the ones at the deepest pit of hellfire. And yet the Prophet ﷺ did not execute them. And what was the reason the Prophet ﷺ gave? He said, I do not want the people to say that Muhammad kills his companions. So there were reasons, there, were his, there was hikmah, and, and there was a, a ruling that was given specifically to create the least amount of harm that those people could do. Now, similarly today, many rulers may decide <coughs> that the person will actually be imprisoned or they will be uh, sent out of the land or they can be killed potentially, depending upon the crime. But the point here is this. We don't look at a ruling in a vacuum. We don't look at it as a blinkered thing. Some the, the, the West often say, oh, but Islam kills people who change their mind. No, that's not true. Many people change their mind and apostatize secretly. They, they follow their own desires. They become their own gods. Okay. What is the ruling for Tariqus Salat in Islam based on the Mazahib? What is the ruling for Tariqus Salat? For someone to stop praying, uh, stop praying the Salat in an Islamic community or in an Islamic state, what is the ruling for him? That he's a Muslim according to the Hanafi Madhab, he's just a major sinner. Uh, what about Shafi'i? If it is I'm, not, I'm not Shafi'i, so I wouldn't know. However, in mm -hmm. a state, um, the person cannot be punished to death for this crime uh, unless one of the courts process the case. A Muslim, if he doesn't, if he stops clear, praying, it means he's a kafir, right? Let me finish the answer, right? So this has been a ruling in the past, but the majority of scholars today don't adopt this ruling simply because so many people have abandoned the salah. It would not be reasonable to punish them all as kufar. So the other option is that you give them da'wah and you perform tablir. And to my knowledge, and you can do this now, have you been aware of any scholar today from any of the former Zahib which calls for the death of the those who don't perform their salah? Uh, the knowledge that I have is based on uh, the understanding of Ibn Taymiyyah and uh, Ibn Al-Qayyim and Ibn Abdullah. Based on all these scholars. Are, how, many, how many centuries ago is this? I could be wrong. Ibn because the ruling the, uh, of the scholars today, the ruling mm -hmm. of the scholars today differs. And with great due respects to those two shayukh, their fatawa are not binding upon me. So I don't see the point of the question. My point just, is someone, mm -hmm. someone, if you stop praying, technically mm -hmm. this guy is a kafir. So he is in, in, an, in an Islamic community, a kafir, what to is be the clear, He was because he, be, was, he was a born actually, Muslim, right? He is to a, a, a mortal at this time. One second. To be clear, they commit kafir. It's not the ruling that they become a kafir to my knowledge. I think you have a misunderstanding there. Hence, the former Zahib don't punish anyone with death who stops praying their salah. So I think you have a misunderstanding of the fiqh. 
says that the implementation for that I mean, punishment you, you, you must can be find there. it in Abu Sigar. There are books of no, uh, Shafi'i Mazhab, right? For, mm. I'm asking you for a scholar today from the Shafi'i Mazhab mm-hmm. that gives us this ruling that the punishment for this is that today. Because circumstance, one of the asal of fiqh is that circumstances change mm-hmm. the circumstances of the punishment and the ruling. So if you're familiar with fiqh... You okay, so are we saying that in, an, in a Muslim community, uh, an individual, I'm not speaking that, hypothetically, uh, brother. Yeah, yeah. If you're not so familiar that, with the fiqh, it's not... Listen, okay, so are you that, familiar with the asal? One second. Are you familiar I'm, with I'm, the I'm asal I'm a born Muslim. I understand what Islam is about. Okay. No, so not my, Islam, my, my brother. Is, mm-hmm. Not Islam, brother. I'm asking about uh, an element of Islam, fiqh. Are you mm-hmm. understanding one of the... Do you have understanding? One of the asal, one of the pillars of usul al-fiqh is that if the circumstances change, the ruling changes? Yeah, yeah, they will be a chaos and will come up Thank with a uh, new uh, implementation. Brilliant. So then I, my subsequent question from that was, since that is the case, which scholar of the Shafi'i Madhab says that the nominal ruling today for the one who leaves the Salah is death? Uh, I meant to give you a name right now, for, uh, uh, but the, the understanding is... Thank you. The understanding is um, even the... Top, is uh, that the current sc- understanding? Sc- sc- yeah, because in the Shafi'i, it's, uh, it's in the book. If you, you read the book, and you will find it. It's a current understanding that you punish the mm. one who does not pray so loud. Yeah, so, so let yet, me come, let yet me come, you can't let me come back a single to, scholar the, to the today that question. says okay, me, that this should be implemented. Okay, let me come back to my original question, Ligas. Uh, why should we go back to the... One second. Why should we go back to the original, brother? You're telling me uh, yes as... Yeah, I want to understand your, your. I want to know your understanding. Uh, I mean, your stand on this. So, in an Islamic community, it, it, it so, does someone... not have to be a clear. It's not my stance. You claim that you have knowledge of Shafi'i fiqh. The ruling today, brother, listen to the question very clearly. Is the ruling today that the one who does not perform salah that he should be killed? Yeah, based on the Shafi'i, yeah, it should be. Because it's written in the book. It's written there for the case. Brother, that's not the... You already agreed that the asal is Look, if the circumstances in, in, change, in three places, someone changes. can be... In three places, a Muslim can be killed. One, al-qatul bil-qatul. Second... If he kills someone uh, else, yes. Yes, this is this is based on the Shafi'i Mazhab, right? Yeah, but listen so, to my question, brother. Which Amurta, scholars today of the Shafi'i Mazhab... Mm-hmm. Right, I'm going to ask you one more time, and please, for God's sake, answer the question if you're being truthful. Which mm-hmm. scholar today of the Shafi'i Madhab says that this is binding today in our era? That's what I said. I may not give you a name, right? So then why are you mm-hmm. saying it's the dominant ruling today that is used when you can't name a single Shafi'i scholar that says this? So I'm today? asking you, based on the four Mazahib, what is the ruling for someone I, who changed his mind? Someone who doesn't Zahib. believe in Islam anymore. He should, he should, he should be killed, yeah. right? Forget the four Mazahib. Isn't, isn't it something troubling for okay. someone who is a Muslim? But, My so question is, isn't it something... Ghazali, uh, brother, 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 listen to me. Right. Um, you're going around... I've muted him. Just, just one moment. I've muted him. So Al-Ghazali... I think I've already pointed out to you and I've muted you because you will be silent in my domain as you believe is the Shafi'i ruling for the one who is in the Emiru standing. So please, uh, you have to obey my command. So now, brother, I asked you a simple question. What scholar today implements it? You jump back to a previous ruling. 
I said, forget the previous ruling. The implementation of the Sharia depends on the error and the status of the people. What was a major sin at one time may not become a major sin today, and the punishment differs on the circumstances of the people. And I can go back to the time of the Fakhulafa when there was a famine and they, don't, they did not punish with the chopping of the hand. Right? So I have precedence. You repeat on the same point, but the former Dahib said, Brother, fundamentally, as a Jahil, listen to me very carefully. Listen very carefully, because I know right now you're speaking over me, and, but you probably don't realize you're muted. Listen very carefully one more time. You don't need you to insult me, okay? Me. You don't need to insult uh, uh, me. I'm, 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 not, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not insulting you. The one person who claims today that the dominant ruling is this, and then when asked, can I provide the Dalil? What do we call that person in the Shafi Imathab? I'll give you the option to say it. What do we call a person who makes a claim within the Shafi Imathab? but cannot defend it? What do we call them? I don't understand the question. Okay, we call them a child. No, please, you have the up, you have the floor. Okay, yes, uh, uh, Lijaz, I'm done with you because you are not answering my question. So the, 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 the thing that, Abbas, if you can try to help me with this one. Uh, so the thing is, in my understanding, I might be wrong, by the way. So what I'm saying is, let's say in an Islamic community, our Islam, our under, our belief is based on the Quran and the Hadith, right? So uh, from uh, from 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 you, you're asking the you're sort of going in the circle. You're asking the question. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, someone living living Islam, it doesn't check my 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 uh, So why are we killing this brother, guy? Is, is my question. Well, Ghazali, just listen to me for a second. Okay, I'm trying to help you. Okay, you're asking the same question over and over again, even though it's been explained to you. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions, and I think that we, because we're not proceeding forward, it might be better to leave this conversation because you're becoming a little bit emotional. So what, uh, are you muted yourself? or I, I think you muted me, okay? No, no, we, we didn't mute you. So oh, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, I'm wrong. If, if somebody does, let's say somebody does anything that's punishable by capital punishment in Islam, whatever that is, who, who can carry out the punishment? Uh, the Qadi in the community. Who can carry out the punishment? Uh, the Islamic ruler, the, the ruler, the Amir, or so, the ruler, a Qadi, a judge in the is community. It any, is it anyone Anyone on the street can say, oh, you, uh, you've left Islam, I'm going to kill you? Are they allowed to do this? Uh, he's not allowed to do that. Okay, so vigilantism is not allowed in Islam. Yes. So no individual can take arms and uh, uh, punish someone they think has done something. They're not allowed to do this. If there is an issue, whichever that issue is, it's taken to the court and the court makes a decision. Now, in the in the case of apostasy, if it's taken before a court and it's, and it's established, who tells you what the punishment is going to be? The Qadi. No. What do you mean? The Amir? I mean, the Qadi? Who tells you what the punishment is going to be? Be it death or not death or imprisonment whatever that might be, who has to make that decision? It is based on the hadith. The hadith says whoever changes his religion, kill him. No, no, no. It is based on that. Brother, you're, making a, you're taking something and you're making it very simple without actually looking in the details. When it comes to uh, things like apostasy, specifically we're talking about, who is the one who decides that this is the punishment that's going to take place on this person for this? I said the Amir or the Qadi or the ruler of the community. So you, you've given uh, me we'll all give, of the, we'll give the judgment. Many, brother, 
it's okay to say I don't know. I mean, rather than give you uh, the answer is the Okay, I mean, uh, my understanding may be different, but the Qadi is the one who is a judge in an Islamic community, right? So an issue, whatever the issue in the community, it will be brought to the Qadi, and the Qadi no, gives so a judgment. Is, so, so you're so this is not the correct. Without going into deep into all of these things, you're trying to bring. The the judge is not the 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 qadi who brings the decision of what the punishment is going to be. He doesn't bring it. He's not allowed to bring it in the case for apostasy. Okay, go on. I'm listening. So it's a it's a it's a, it's a very fundamental point because if it was straightforward, and yes, this is what happens. This person's a, okay, death. Then. Why is the decision for this taken away from the the judge? Why is it take? Why is the decision on what the punishment will be? Why is it taken uh, away from the judge? Imran, Imran, can you help me? Who passed the ruling in case of apostasy in an Islamic community? The, who does the, the ruling? The ruler of the so the political ruler of that state, the caliph or the emir in the community. The caliph or the emir, yeah, the the political ruler of the state. Why? I don't know. I don't know the answer for that. Okay. So this is really important. So now what you're realizing is this is not an issue that's simply about um, uh, the Islam says this, so it's like a roller coaster. You know, like you throw a ball off a hill, it has to hit the ground. Well, this is a, this is a decision where the, it, there is a political aspect to this decision. And this goes back to what Brother Abbas was talking about when the Prophet, peace upon him, knew the names of the, the hypocrites but did not want them to be harmed because it would... Uh, it, would, it, would, it would affect the perception of the people of the of the of the leadership. He was the ruler so some of the time. So the the ruler is allowed to make un, uh, decisions about which actual punishment will be implemented. They're allowed to do this. So it can be something uh, like death, and it cannot be something like death. It could be imprisonment or whatever that that might be. But the decision is not purely a. It's based upon uh, a black and white thing that you're talking about. And the most important thing is not for every man on the street to go and decide and do this. Do you understand? The, the, all of the rules that are in Islam are, to, are for the protection of the public. It's nothing to do with pro, what happens in the private sphere. So if someone apostates and they're in their home and they're doing whatever, they want no problem at all. The state does not have a responsibility for your individual uh, state uh, connection between you and Allah. They don't have that responsibility. The responsibility. No can they spy, no can they intrude. You can't spy. You can be doing whatever you want in your home, drinking, fornicating, whatever you want. The state is not allowed to come into your home to uh, spy on you to say what you're doing. And then we have evidence for this, but we can talk about that later. The state's only responsibility is the public. It's protecting the society from the effects of what are you may doing. So if you're having uh, intercourse in public, for, for there to be four witnesses, this is essentially public. Or if you're doing something that's harming the people, in a significant way, including giving spreading ideas to them that may take them away from their salvation in the hereafter, then the state takes an interest in this and it will curtail that. But it doesn't curtail it like anyone can jump on. You know, the the image in the West is the uh, uh, you know is salivating tall, you know, salivating Arab man with a hook nose and a big sword. And as soon as you pick an apple off of the uh, cart, he grabs your hand and he chops it off because it's, this is the caricature of the people that are painting about the Muslims. Nothing like this at all. And I think you, it's very important that you have to look at the nuances within this. Now, there's lots of evidences to talk about this, but really, I don't see it as the problem that you're painting it to be. So, Imran, uh, basically, 
So, for example, there are prominent sheikhs, right? Like uh, Sheikh uh, Asim al-Hakim. And there are some other sheikhs right. as well. The ruling that they give is straightforward. They don't even explain the way the way are trying to Brother. explain here. Brother, listen to me one second. Okay. What I'm asking you, I, I've, I've not even gone into this individual, people saying individual things. I'm giving you the overview. Stepping back and seeing the overview. Even in the overview, what you've said, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Do you understand? Brother Ijaz has explained to you, and you have agreed that there is there is there is kiyas and the scholars can adapt the rulings like the like when I think it was a time of Umar there was a famine and the had punishment was suspended for the stealing because of the famine. Now, are you are you going to say that now this is against Islam? You wouldn't do this. So the so there are situations where the ruler can uh, and, and, and in apostasy specifically, the decision for what the punishment will be sits with the ruler. So and and you have to ask the question why this is and I think that I'm going to leave it at this inshallah and I'm going to allow you to reflect on this and I think if this is the only reason then uh, w- what religion are you thinking about now uh, I uh, don't ask me to answer that question for now so as I told because, you because I, 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 I tell you why because in Judaism, in Judaism mm. no, no, no 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 in in, no. in uh, Christianity it's the same for atheism, it doesn't matter what you do; you can do what you like because no one has any any ability to judge anyone else because all the laws are essentially whatever the society deems fit. No, no, Imran. Actually, I'll correct you there because in atheism, in secularism, uh, people get knocked off and killed all the time because they speak out against their governments. You know, yes, we had right. we had the Yemen the scholar from Yemen who they bombed because they didn't like him speaking against America. They droned him. Then they didn't only drone and his him. His son and his daughter. And they drone his son and his drone his uh, daughter as well. They killed them as well. Was eight, his son was sixteen. So, so this is under atheism. This is under under a, 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 you know a, a realm of disbelief. They kill people, assassinate people all the time. When we see the James Bond movies, you know uh, those who us who watch movies, astaghfirullah. Uh, what does James Bond do? He kills the spies. They kill spies. They kill people all the time. So this concept, you know, we need to we need as Muslims. We need to, alhamdulillah, be proud about our religion and not be defensive. And we need to have two aspects here. Number one, the rulings in Islam, yes, they are firm. And alhamdulillah, they are there for a reason. And there are many nuances as to why those are there. We don't need to, uh, we don't, don't need to be shameful about those things or feel ashamed that, oh, these are very strict rulings. No, alhamdulillah, Allah has placed them there for a reason. Number two, historically, Look at the Had punishment, how it was operated. In the Ottoman Empire, over 500 years of Ottoman Empire, you have a handful, less than one hand, you can count the Had punishment. Okay, why? Because of all of these nuances that Allah has placed in this beautiful religion, a beautiful way of life for us. So we don't need to feel like we need to answer to people about, you know, look at their paradigm. If, if, a, if somebody who doesn't believe in religion says to you, oh, this is a horrible thing that you do, Subhanallah, look how many people they've killed in the last 100 years because they don't agree with them or because they, you know, they stand against them or they politically talk about them or the economies that have been ruined and people have starved to death, died as a consequence because politically they don't align to their beliefs. They have no right to tell us about the had punishments being extreme because they're not looking at the things that they're doing, subhanallah, which are far worse in, in, in every aspect. Not that the Islamic rulings are worst in any aspect, alhamdulillah. So, you know, uh, I think we'll end the conversation there because we have a lot of people waiting. 
But Al Ghazali, thank you for coming on and, and welcome you to come on next no, time. Be, be, before he leaves, I want to apologize if I was rude or if I was mean. That was not my intention. So uh, you don't have to forgive, nor do you have to forget, but it is not uh, becoming inshallah a forgive, member. Inshallah. He doesn't no problem. I accept your apology, uh, Thank you. Uh, thank uh, you for coming on. Thank you. I just want to make one quick clarification because I made a misstatement. I'll just bring up the comment. Thank you. I didn't realize I said that. So uh, let me read the comment really quickly. It says, what was a major sin may not be a major sin today. This is absolutely wrong, Ijaz. You are correct. A major sin will always be a major sin, correct? Uh, what I meant to say was that an act which is massly done, so a major act which is popular in being done, it may become an act which less people do today, and thus the Allah or the cause or the reason for the act changes. So I did not realize I said that, but Jazakalu Khairan for bringing that to my attention. This goes to show two things. One, as EFDAW remembers, we're not above correction. And two, we are more than happy for others to remind us when we slip up. Jazakalu Khairan. You know, one of the things also, uh, brothers, I just want to remind our brothers and sisters is that, you know, and Sheikh Abu Alia said this on one of our streams, and he said, we have had a rich tradition in Islam for over 13 centuries where sometimes scholars, people who are qualified to do so, have had uh, 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 perhaps disagreements or they've had different views on, on matters based upon the evidence that they've interpreted. And Ijaz, what you said was very, very important, which was that this is the beautiful thing about the religion of Islam. So even when we have the conversation about Aisha anha and the marriage and why it was at such, such young and what have you, the Prophet already said that one of the things that you need to consider is your culture of the time. Is it acceptable culturally? Because the culture often depends upon the needs of the society, the needs of the people, not just about choice or feelings, but the culture often is gauged around the very concepts that lie at that time. And what might be right at one time may not be preferable at another time, subhanAllah. And this is the beautiful thing about Islam, that whether you are... Uh, riding a camel or you're being launched on a, in a rocket on an international space station. There are rulings that mashallah carry all the way through our life. And if we do get to a stage where we start to travel interstellar, interstellar travel throughout the stars or the universe, which Allah does say in Surah Ar-Rahman, if you can travel to the corners of the universe, then do so. But you, should all, you will only do so with God's sanction. In other words, only if Allah allows it to happen. So maybe there will come a time when people will travel to the corners of the universe. Maybe. But the rulings of Islam, alhamdulillah, will even apply to those people. And the extrapolation that the, that the, that the scholars will make from the Quran and from the Hadith will even apply to those. And that's the wonderful thing about Islam. We're not stuck in some, you know, 7th century and nothing cha nothing can uh, adapt, adapt to its circumstances. But Ijaz is quite right. The brother is quite right that what is a major sin, what is shirk, what is haram, major, this is always going to be haram. But, you know, the punishment, the way things are done, alhamdulillah, there's, there's flexibility in that. And we, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for making our religion such that it can apply to every era and every time, alhamdulillah. Okay, so we've got Brother Z next. Uh, we're going to get I'll you on right next. Back. Just give me two minutes, okay? Sure. Brothers. Inshallah.
Z- By the way, I didn't set my picture to be the Mandalorian. Yes, that was what Dr. Imran's doing completely and absolutely. If I had to, it would be You can change it, Ijaz. You can change it. Don't worry. Uh, brother Z, welcome to the stream. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. How are you all doing today? Alhamdulillah, brother. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. I don't want to take up too much of y'all's time. Just had a quick question. Please go ahead, brother. Um, question about Allah's nature and why exactly would a merciful God want wrath? Does that mean he's a sadist? First of all, brother, are you Muslim? I am. Born. When, when, we, when, we are, when we are believers mm-hmm. and we wish clarity on an issue, the last thing that we should ever do mm-hmm. is say something that would be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Not that we can ever disrespect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we should not disrespect ourselves by saying and uttering mm-hmm. about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anything that is of a derogatory uh, nature whatsoever. So asking, clar- asking clarity, brother, is not a problem. But okay. Allah's majesty and Allah's, Allah's uh, place, alhamdulillah, for us should be such that we never utter a word that mm-hmm. is a derogatory term or a negative mm-hmm. term or a, an insulting mm-hmm. term. Not that we can ever insult Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we insult ourselves when Allah we use Allah. that type of language. So I'm, I'm okay. correcting you. So I hope you don't mind. No, but absolutely. The- and I apologize for insulting. And uh, coming off as uh, uh, with the rude demeanor. Thank you for checking me. Okay, brother. So your question was uh, the wrath of Allah. Why would Allah have wrath? Is that correct? Since he's so merciful. Alhamdulillah. Okay, brother uh, brother uh, Imran. Dr. Well, Imran. The, my question was, to be exact, was why would Allah, since he's the most merciful, want suffering uh, you know, hunger, all this stuff for his most loving slaves. Like, okay. he didn't have to inflict wrath upon his slaves. He chose to because that's what he wanted. Is that correct, Brother Abbas? And yeah, yeah, so, and so brother, you've asked the question. Brother Ijaz, uh, yeah. you've just come in there again. You're this is a bit of Pine Creek type of discussion going on. Here. Yeah, yeah. This is a fun yeah. question, though, right? So It notably, is a fun question, isn't it? No. Notably, we don't refer to Allah as all merciful. Wait, I hear an echo. That's you, that's not me. Right? We don't refer to Sorry. Allah as all merciful, but we refer to him as most merciful. Right? There's a distinction between said. this. Right. No, no, but this is what I'm saying. The reason that we don't say mm-hmm. he's all merciful is that mm-hmm. because that means that he can only dispense mercy. But rather, Allah mm. is al adil he is the most just. And with justice mm. comes punishment. And punishment yes, punishment infers wrath. Because wrath is punishment. Mm. So Allah is the one who dispenses mercy as well as dispenses punishment. And that's true justice. Had Allah only dispensed mercy, God forbid for the rapist, that he can't, mm-hmm. why would Allah, disp- or did you want to be on camera? Uh, I think so, I actually pressed the button. Masha'Allah, you're handsome either way. The point still hey, remains. I appreciate it. All y'all are too. Thank you. Especially me. Thank you. It does. It does. It does. We're not allowed to lie on the stream. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you must be honest. Whoa. Now, this whoa. is now you're going to get another. Ijaz, you're going to get another comment now. Ijaz, stop lying on the streams. I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, 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 you know, so, no, it's not that Allah wants us to experience suffering or that Allah has has decided that we must experience suffering. Rather, it is because of free will. Free will necessitates the ability to do good and bad. And that choice 100%. between good and bad, the bad in that is suffering. And we are the ones mm. that inflict suffering upon the people via our sins. So, mm. so because this life is the test, and this test means that we have the ability to choose between right and wrong. As a consequence mm. of that, there will be suffering. So this is why Allah has given us the option of the hereafter, where there mm. is no suffering for some of us. And then there mm. will be a lot of suffering for a lot of other people. I'm going to go Most. back to making my coffee, um, but... I just got really excited by that question. So, well, well, uh, but I really hope that's Enjoy your brother because he Enjoy just got me in trouble. That better be your brother. Just saying that right now. You just got me in trouble, Abbas. You're muted, by the way. You're muted. You're muted. You're Sorry. muted. I'm saying, I'm saying maybe it's your wife, Ijaz, saying that, you know, that I see no lies. SubhanAllah. Anyway, so, so uh, Brother Z, I'd just like Dr. Imran to come in there before you come back in there. But I will give you a chance to come back again. Uh, Dr. Imran. Sure. I think he's muted. Okay, there you go. No, I think um, Ijaz has sort of made the point already. Um, Z, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I agree with everything Ijaz said. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much for coming on the stream. We brother, appreciate before your you time. go, though, I'd just like to say one thing to you, Brother Z, you know. Wh whenever we <laughs> – I'm not saying that necessarily your question came from this uh, place <clears throat> but for some people <clears throat> excuse me sorry what we're actually saying in a roundabout way is that i could do things better than allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, and fundamentally that's what we're saying and this is why my brother the knowledge of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the knowledge of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam the knowledge of islam is very important for all of us Myself first included in that. Because only when we truly understand Allah, we understand Allah's attributes, we understand Allah's words of the Quran, how he has explained uh, uh, to us about himself, about, about Allah, about himself, that we can truly begin, begin to understand. Not we won't fully understand. We will begin to understand. And so fundamentally, we've got to be very careful when we, sometimes ponder on these things in a way, in a negative way. Basically, what we're saying is I'm intelligent. I know about the world. I know what's good and I know what's bad. And I think I could do things better than Allah. And fundamentally, I think this is a, this is a, a, a really, it's a, it's, a, it's a whisper of shaitan to us, to our hearts, trying to make us uh, trip. And so we just need to think about that, my brother. I, ho I hope that uh, you appreciate my, my advice on that. Are you there, brother Z? I think we, perhaps we've lost. Uh, yeah, brothers, can you? Uh, you're just muted. Sorry. Are you there? Can, did you did you hear that? Uh, I think we're struggling, brother. So we're going to get you on maybe next time. Jazakallah khair for coming on. Uh, I think he was struggling. No, I, you know, um, 
it's really it's fascinating the way the question was posed. Mm. And I think it probably speaks a lot about things that are going on here. I don't, I don't think this is, it's not an appropriate way to have a discussion at all. You can ask the questions you like, but at yeah. least, you know, have the decency to have, uh, you know. Some, I, I think, you know, to be honest, maybe he was nervous and he came on and he misspoke. I think he did apologize and say it was wrong for him to say that. So, inshallah, may Allah forgive him. And and But this is a good advice to all of us, that when we ask a question, we must be very, very careful how we word things. It's very important. Um, you know, dis- disrespecting uh, your father or your mother or your even your brother or your wife or your husband or whatever it might be uh, is one thing. Uh, but saying something that is I- I- incredibly derogatory or bad or negative about yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, he didn't see, it, to be honest with you, he didn't seem like he was... Um... The way the question was phrased, it was very clear that he intended to say what he said. And I think it's not, it's a shame if that's the way you're going to come along and have a discussion about something. Mm, mm. And, it, and this question is re- a really a um, a very atheist perspective type of question. Mm, it's mm. basically the problem of evil, but presented in probably the worst way that you can present yeah. it. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, I mean, I think uh, it's, it's, just a, it's just a straw man because what they do is they present a lie in a way that he is, we don't accept him to be. Of course. And as if this is the only possibility. And then they make claims about what they perceive in the in the, in the the hereafter. May, may, Allah, may Allah make uh, guide him. And, uh, Alhamdulillah. Okay, okay, we're going to get Brother SG or Sister SG on next. Um, uh, SG, welcome to the stream. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, am I audible? Uh, you are audible. If you could just Didn't speak. Didn't we have SG on about... last, like the last stream or something? SG. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, did yeah, I yeah. talk? Last stream, yeah, he says yes. Yeah, yeah I remember. Uh, yes, yes, also we met, right? Sorry, say that again, brother. Oh, I say to Mr. Ijaz that yesterday also uh, we met in the stream. Okay. Yeah, Dawa wise, Dawa wise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brother, if you could ask your question, and we can then try to address that, inshallah. All right, all right. Yes, for sure. Uh, what uh, so I was hearing you were mentioning about tests that Allah tests, uh, uh, you know, uh, tests us. So uh, my question was, what I understand with test is this: that you appear for test, you give test to prove your ability to someone. Like, for example, let's take my case. I'm a student in a college, so let's say for a company, for order, in order to get a job. I will appear for test because I want to prove my ability to the company because they do not know me. That's why I will appear for the test. But Allah is omniscient. He knows everything. So what is the point in appearing for test? The test isn't for Allah, brother. It's for you. To prove to him. Well, I mean, uh, no, to prove no, no, it's not, to him. no, no, you're misunderstanding, brother. The test is not for Allah. The test is for you. And what do I mean by this is that Let's say you let's say you go to a company, or let's let you let's say you're a college and you're studying. That you gave this example, and you're studying, and the teacher says, you know, there's no need for you to sit the exam. I know you very well. I'm going to give you a D minus. Yeah, take this and go. Are you happy with this? No. Why not? The teacher knows you very very well. He's been teaching you for five years. He knows you inside out. No, but. Because the grade to which I will go, that teacher doesn't know me. No, no, no. He knows you inside out. He knows everything about you. No, one second. One second. Sir, sir, one second. Let's, let's say I am right now, 
like I am right now third year student, right? So the teacher in my third year knows me, but the fourth year teacher doesn't know me. So I have to give no, a no, test in order to don't, prove. Don't change the. Don't bring many teachers in here. I'm talking about <laughs> one teacher that knows you very well, your ability in this, and he wants you to sit the test. He wants you prepare for the test, and he says to you don't need to sit the test. Your grade is D minus. Finished. Go home. But uh, if he gives me D minus, then I, how can I prove my ability to the one teacher in the year four? I mean, four so four. I'm not talking about the year four teacher. There is no year four teacher. So the problem here, uh, uh, SG, is that the test is for you, so that on the day of judgment, you cannot say that you know this is unfair, this is unjust. If I had had the opportunity to do the test. I would have done this. I would have done that because then you then you would be being punished. Imagine now somebody punishes you, you and you don't even know why. Like, what have I done even? Why, why are you punishing me? I have not even so, done it. Uh, you know, if if I had, if God said to you, look, if I had given you the test, you would have gone to hell. I'm putting you in hell. You would say, but I didn't do anything. So what you need, what you need to do, what you need to do is. You need to sit the test so that on that day when there is a judgment on your judge, you say, yes, this was my test. I, I agree that this was my result and I am satisfied with the judgment. So Allah says that on that day, no one will say that they had one ounce of uh, injustice done towards them. So I will sit for the test to prove whom? To yourself. You understand? To myself about what? So you are you are proving to yourself that this is your level and this is what you deserve when you are judged. No, I already know, right? Like if I you, you said, don't, for you, example, brother, you for don't know. Brother, you don't know. This is the thing. Do you no, know when you're going to die? Do you know when you're going to die? Die is a not test. Let's say no, I no, ask for a question, brother. Different question. Do you know when you're going to die? No, sir. Do you know how you're going to die? No, sir. Do you know what state you will be in your in your in your faith and in, in your belief when you die? No, no. So no, then, uh, the, what I'm asking, uh, so one second, uh, what I'm asking you, let's say I appear for maths test. I appear for the maths test not to prove myself my knowledge, but rather to prove my teacher in year four how much math knowledge I have because he no, doesn't know no, my math no, knowledge. Not at all, brother. The test is for you. It's always for you. So for maths, maths test, if I said, like what I, I know already, what how much maths you are I know. You are proving your level. You are establishing your level. To whom? To, to year four teacher who doesn't to know. No, no, to yourself. So to the year four teacher who doesn't know me, know my capital. No, no, I'm not talking about year four teachers. SG, your problem is you're taking the analogy and you're running with it too far. What I'm telling you is that the test, because uh, God knows, Allah knows everything He's all-knowing. The moment you came into yeah. the earth, even before Allah knew where you would be, even before you were created. This is not the issue. Yeah. So this is not the issue, right? Do you understand? So that so is what I'm asking. Is if not, he knows. SG, hear me out. So this is not the issue. Because Allah knows where you're going to so, go. So that's not the issue, right? So we so can put this knows, to one side so now. He, SG, hear me out. Yeah, hear the question. So we can put this thing right, to one so. side. So then is left, right. why is the test? The test is because if you don't sit the test, you can claim injustice in the result. You can say that, look, if I had if I had uh, done the test, then maybe I would have worked harder, maybe I would have done something, maybe I would have got better. 
but if you're punished without a test then it's, it's unjust this is why you need the test so for example there so, are some hindus who believe in karma yes i'll give you an example and they say that yeah. when you die you are punished for your next life yeah. your past life in your next life you understand yeah. this is one of the things they say now imagine you're in your you are suffering in this life and you yeah. don't know what you've done yeah this is this is unjust Te in the definition of the term is unjust just as if i were to grab you on the street you're walking i grab you and i throw you in the prison and i shut the door and uh, i'm going to leave you in there i don't know how long however long i feel that you're staying in there what have i done i'm not telling you this is the same thing unjust so justice requires so, justice requires that you do the things that you're going to be judged for and then you have the judgment so that there's no issue in terms of have i done this or not do i know this or not because Allah says on that so, day you uh, will testify you will testify even against yourself you understand so uh, what yes sir, what what i what you are trying to say understand but sir just clear me this like uh, when i am sitting for exam in the uh, in the test so, so uh, brother am i saying it wrong when i saying you are saying it wrong yes you're saying it wrong because well, I've already I'm told you that wrong. Allah knows everything already. He knows where your final destination is already. This is not the question. Sir, but if he knows, sir, but if he knows it, then there is no point in test because he yes, already knows no, what there is. There is. I'll just explain to you again. We're going in a circle now, so I'll explain to you one more time. If you are punished right. for something that you haven't done, or you are rewarded yeah. for something you haven't done, this is both unjust. Do you understand? All if right. you are Punished right. for something you don't know that you've done. Yeah. So even if you had a past life and now you're born in this life and you're suffering and someone says this is because of the things you did in your past life, this is unjust. In the definition of the word, this is unjust. What, what justice requires is you know what you've done, you're charged with what you've done, and then you are given the reward or the punishment according to what you've done. These three things. These three things are missed. They're, 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 this is missing in karma. It doesn't exist in karma. This is why the, the Hindu's understanding of karma is unjust. Because there's no knowledge of the person, what they have done. There's no knowledge of uh, the, the, whether this thing that I am suffering is justice or not. In Islam, you, you, you do the test. You know what you've done. You are judged on what you've done. And you receive the punishment or reward according to what you've done. Pure justice. So, sir, uh, so, sir uh, let's say... When you are saying I am appearing for the test in order so that if in the day of judgment they uh, the Allah punishes me, then I do not say uh, I do not have anything to complain, right, sir? You will you will say that I am being justly treated. All right, yeah, uh, okay, so I get it. So my question is then. Uh, you've, you've asked okay. the question. There's another question now, is there? Yeah, yeah. One thing, one thing. Uh, just, just I want to clear this topic of uh, what is Islamic uh, idea on this, like. Uh, just just uh, let me ask this question so when allah was creating me let's say i am uh, going to hell when allah was creating me he already knew that my fate like whether i will end up in jannah or uh, jahannam so let's say he when when during my creation he saw me that i will end up in jahannam then why did he create me sorry josh you, you, were you going to unmute yourself so this is a different question now entirely now you're asking, now you, you've sort of understood that you have to be, you have to do the test and then you have to have the results of the test and be judged on that. And then you have to, and this is justice depending on whether you receive the 
the punishment and the reward. Now you're saying, well, if Allah knows where I will go, why make me? No, no. If he knows I will end up in Jahannam, then why did he create me? But what's the, what, sorry, why is that? A, I don't understand the question. Why is that a question for you? Let's say, do you think that God should only create the people who do good? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying, let's say, if I will end up in uh, hell, then he already knew this when he was yes, creating me. Yes. Then why did he create me? Because he chose to create you. But that, he, he chose to create you. But the problem here is, the question you're asking now is different. You're saying, I'm complaining about Allah creating beings that may do wrong things and go to hell. Sorry, Jaz, you're muted. He's not complaining about Allah. He's complaining that he is a Muslim who non-Muslim who end up in Jahannam. The complaint isn't against Allah. The complaint is that you believe according to Islam, you will be going to the hellfire. Is that correct, SG? No, I said, let's say, let's say if Islam is true, then I will end up. No, it is true. But here my question to you. No, it is relative to Islam. No, according to Islam. Do you understand that you go to the hellfire? Let's suppose I see. That is a possibility, right? I will work with that possibility of going, uh, yes. dumping me to well, eternal so now that Now that, that we've established that because you're not a Muslim, you go to the hellfire. Here's my question to you then, right? Be very careful and respond exactly to what I ask you. Do you wish to not exist? What? Uh, I just missed it. Can you just repeat it? Do you wish that God did not create you at all? If I will, I will end up in Jahannam, I wish I, I was not created. Well, there's a solution for that. Yeah, what? But the fact that you eat every day, the fact that you drink water every day, the fact that you breathe tells me that you want life. Because the point is, you don't know if you're going to Jahannam or not. You said it's a possibility just now. So you know that at this moment, you could become a Muslim and enter into Jannah. So why are you choosing the hellfire? I'm saying, let's say your Islam is true. Let's say for the time being your Islam is true. Yes. All right. Okay, let's, all right, let's suppose it. Then I will obviously end up in hell. Then why did he create me? That's the question. Exactly. But you made that choice just now. So SG, what we the solution is this simple. We invite you away from worshipping stones, away from worshipping um, God with the heads of animals, away from uh, believing that God will give you punishment in the next life for things you have done that you have no idea about. We invite you to worship one God alone who created the heavens and the earth, who has given you your ability to choose and to do uh, good and evil and who will be just to you on the day of judgment. This is what we invite you to. Now, if you have any specific, so this is your solution now. So there is no, well, am I going to go to hell or not? It's simple. You step into Islam with understanding and knowledge and you will, you, you will be but, fine. But Dr. Imran, if he chooses to reject Islam, he's choosing Jahannam. Am I correct? Yes, this is the choice. Okay. No, okay, I, so I am choosing you choose... because I exist. Because I exist. If I if he didn't make so, me, then I wouldn't that's the choose point. it. First of all, that... <laughs> what? Sir, see, sir. Did, your, did your parents ask you your permission before they before they had you? My parents is not God that if they will create. No, 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 I'm, asking question. Question. I'm asking you a question. Did your yeah, parents yeah, sure. ask your permission before they had you? No, because they are. Uh, they okay, are. Uh, so if, they, their... if your parents don't need your permission, why does God need your permission? 
because uh, parents, all the males and females are carried so away by sexual desire, which male you know, not doesn't have. Permission, brother, if your parents do not need your permission, why does God need your permission? Because God doesn't have lust. You're comparing wrong things. No, no. What lust do you have? Lust. lust. What lust? You do not. Where did lust, brother, lust, where did lust come into this? SG, uh, to be honest with you, I think we've helped you with your question. Now you're talking about lust. I don't know where the lust came from. No, lust means uh, uh, the thing I'm mentioning is because... Um, there is brother, brother. Oh, I remember yeah, this guy. Yeah. Hold on. I remember him now from another stream that we did where he's like, God has lust or something. Do you remember this, guys? Okay. It was on a previous stream that we did recently. Okay, I, I think it does. No, no. Uh, SG, we're going to invite you to come yes, on sir. to the perfect storm. Um, I think that'd probably be a better... A better place for you because we do have a lot of Muslims who are waiting that may have doubts. We'd like to obviously help those uh, uh, brothers and sisters first uh, because otherwise sir, the conversation tends. Uh, brother, Esli, just one second. The conversation tends to go into areas. The conversation tends to go into other areas uh, whereby actually it's more suitable for another stream. So we we don't mind if non-Muslims come on with a particular doubt in Islam. But when it turns into an, a, a debate or discussion about religion or religions, that's more really a perfect storm or, or one of the yeah. other open yeah. forum, perhaps. So, so when can I join, sir, again? Just give me, sir, that day. When, so when if, you, if you follow uh, EF Dawa, become a, become a uh, subscriber, you'll get a notification. You'll get notification of the perfect storm or the open forum, and you're welcome to come on to those streams. You have a lovely, lovely evening, okay? All right, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Could I just answer a question quickly? Um, hence the letter L because he took it. Thank you. All right, I didn't get that. It's way over my head. I don't know what that's all about. But no, it's L on your part as well. Okay. It's interesting uh, that people pretend to be something. There's no need to do this, right? You don't have to do that. Just be yourself and come on. There's no need to. Uh... Instead of taking the shahada, he took the L. Like I don't know why. Yeah, may I guide him, inshallah. I mean, I mean, I mean, and Abbas almost slipped up. Abbas was like, If you become a member, you're gonna know the vacation. Abbas, yeah, you, you know, should have stuck with that. You should have stuck with that. <laughs> it have to be accurate. Okay, so who is next? Oh, we've got lots of people waiting. I'd like to get if you guys, if your camera is on, you're more likely to get on first. I so, think, um, the person that is next is Moses. Moses. Okay, we're going to get Moses on next. We have uh, a guy well, drilling his head. Drilling? Oh, like, are you seeing this? Are you not seeing this? <laughs> I, don't know if you're gonna help, I don't know if you can help the I brother. I think it's a massager, not a head. Not, not <laughs> Moses, welcome to the stream. Moses? He's parting some dishes, it seems. Okay. okay, I think we'll let him carry on with the dishes and then we can. Uh... Is uh, Misbah uh, Al Haq, is, is, uh, have, have they had their camera on? Misbah, can you put your camera on quickly? Oh, yeah. Mr. may be a sister, so that might be difficult. Well, um, it's clearly a brother. Oh, wait, no, there are two of them. Oh, then, then, then... Which one did, because this other one put on their camera. Uh, I think possibly uh, uh, Ms. Haq, there's two of you. I think you've come on the screen <laughs> twice. Okay, but we we will uh, get you on next, Ms. Ba. You can have your uh, camera it's on or off. It's the same can. person, actually. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I did two in one. Ms. Ba'ul Haq, welcome to the stream. Uh, thank you. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? Wa alaikum assalam. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. 
Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so, I was uh, looking to talk to you uh, on a particular matter uh, that uh, there are countries where Dawa is not a available uh, in resource and academic way uh, and the atheists are very uh, uh, how I should put it uh, they are very hard on us being hard on us so what should we do in these circumstances that uh, we cannot uh, engage with them academically and uh, we are being pushed uh, socio-politically to the age where we are uh, being uh, judged by the system and uh, our political leaders uh, to leave or somehow uh, cut down our beliefs, belief systems. What can I do in these circumstances? Very, very good, very good, very, very good question, mashallah, Mesba. And in fact, we were going to do a stream earlier today with Essi Dawa in Urdu. Uh, that actually was going to touch on some of these topics. But I'd like, um, inshallah, Dr. Imran to come in there first, uh, and then Brother Ijaz, and then maybe if I have anything to say, then I'll say something. But Dr. Imran, did you, did you get the question? Yes, Alhamdulillah, I did get the question. Brother, just to remind you, have you done your maghrib? Actually, just to remind you. I'll be back in a few two minutes, shall right, inshallah, so, uh, inshallah, Dr. Ijaz, you're next, Dr. Ijaz. Uh, Why don't yes, you? yes. Mashallah. Um, so, brother, honestly, uh, it is a difficult situation when you can't do dawah. But technically, there is a way around this because there is direct dawah and then there is indirect dawah. There is nothing preventing you from teaching Islam to Muslims. Am I correct? Yeah, that, yeah, that is being uh, we are doing, but... Uh, mm -hmm. That is not the point I made. I made uh, that uh, I, 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 I know, said, brother. Yeah, I yeah, said that I'm... it is very, it is very difficult for us to be academic and at the same time Muslim in these circumstances. Yeah. So the the, the thing is, at at some point you can't sacrifice your values. Uh, because of academic pressure. One, one of the things is, if you have an organization that is, okay, are you speaking about an academic organization or, or a political organization? Uh, I am uh, talking about both, that the politically yeah. they are uh, trying to uh, push us to the A's where we cannot... Uh, uh, believe our beliefs uh, fully or uh, there is another where we cannot academically express our thoughts so this is this is difficult to speak about because I believe I know the country that you're speaking about making a guess but I think I know which one it is yeah yeah and, you don't have to say but because yeah, if you yeah. say I, I get can it. disappear I know you tomorrow. can get into trouble yes yes yeah. in this case brother I will be very direct with you if you can't yeah. change the situation legally and you can have the loss of life and face persecution 
that it is all my genuine advice for the safety of you and your family to leave that country. I know that migration is hard, and I know that there were there were many consequences to that decision, but I can't give you reasonable advice because I don't want to bear the burden of you doing a risk and suffering severe consequences. Yeah, but uh, in our country specifically to say it is not yet over to overcome the burdens of uh, atheist or atheistic logics, but uh, to uh, uh, rather I'm just going to speak against them. I'm just going to remove you from the stream because I don't think you intended to um, show your face. And I know that you don't want those consequences. So we'll just cut the conversation short at this point. I do apologize. But I think you'll understand why I um, removed you. Um, I don't think the brother wanted his face. Um, no, no, I think he accidentally maybe switched the camera yeah. on. But uh, the, 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 all I would say to you, uh, brother, is this, is that um, do the best that you can do because that's all Allah expects you to do. And if you're able to do hijrah, you're able to move to a different place or a different country if you are able to do, because it's not always easy, it's not always possible. So if you're able to do that for the ability to be able to practice your deen, then of course do that. And if you're not able to do that, then do whatever you can do in your capacity, because that's all Allah expects from you. And inshallah ta'ala, you know, um, pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, supplicate to Allah to make things easier, to make things better. But we, we live in a situation today where there are many countries now uh, that talk about liberalism, they talk about secularism, they talk about freedom, they talk about all of these things, when in reality they are amongst the greatest suppressors of opinions that don't agree with their opinion. Because somehow they feel that they have a higher ground where they can dictate to people what it what is what is the reality of what it is to be a good person or the reality of morality or the 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 the, 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 the archetypal definition of what it is to be righteous or good, and they are often the biggest oppressors actually. So, but do your best and do the best that you can. And inshallah, of course, Ijazi's advice is very, very good. Uh, do, do not do anything that, that causes you harm or your family harm. Uh, stay within the law. Stay within the, uh, the uh, you know, uh, stay in a position of safety, inshallah. But whatever you can do, do it. And if all you can do is protect yourself and protect your family, alhamdulillah, do that. If you can then protect your neighbors by saying good things to your neighbors, to encourage your neighbors to do good things, alhamdulillah, do that. If you can only speak to your work colleagues, then do that. And if you can't do that, then just practice your deen to the best of your ability, inshallah. And, uh, and, 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 and Allah knows best, inshallah. But just and do your best. That's the main thing. Misbah says he wants to come back on. Misbah, yeah. you are in the back chat. Before we bring him on, Brother Abbas, yeah. Misbah, are you sure you want to do that? Because you showed your face on camera. We don't want to be responsible if someone reports you or you get taken. Do you understand, Misbah? So I, if you're happy with that, then we can bring you on. If you feel that he says no it's not a problem, well, okay, okay. We, 
Okay, inshallah, we'll bring you back then. Uh, Brother Mesba, did you hear the answers that uh, Ijaz uh, and I gave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I wanted to be clear about one more question that uh, uh, how can we make dawa to uh, non-Muslims and to us, uh, uh, especially the Muslim brothers who are uh, going to be on the edge? Uh, how should we uh, dawa to them? Uh, let me clear uh, this circumstance that uh, there is two kind of dawa that is given uh, uh, recently. That one is philosophical and one is philosophical and logical, and one is uh, the uh, um, uh, Quranic method of it doing it. Uh, so, how should we make the dawa? Uh, to the uh, non-Muslims and to us, our brothers and sisters. Ijaz, do you want to get in there, inshallah? Oh, well, like the brother said, he's not prohibited from uh, 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 teaching on Islam to Muslims. So I don't see that as being an issue then because that wouldn't be called dawah. That's just teaching your own community, which are already Muslims. So I, I don't see the issue unless you're prohibited from teaching fellow Muslims, which I don't think you had mentioned previously. So that leaves me a bit confused. And, and also, Brother Misbah, the, the issue here is that if you're not trained to do that, then then acquire the knowledge. And if you don't have the knowledge, then refer them to people of knowledge. And if you can't refer them to people of knowledge uh, in a physical sense, uh, then there are, mashallah, lots of international uh, brothers and sisters who have videos, have links, share those videos, share those links, the philosophical arguments, the Quranic arguments. I, I believe some of the Quranic arguments are philosophical arguments. Uh, when Allah says, uh, uh, do they not contemplate on the Quran? Do they not, um, uh, you know, um, did the universe create itself? Uh, one could argue that this is asking the individual to enter into a philosophical uh, discussion in terms of can things come from nothing? You know, did the universe create it? So these are these. So I, I think there is uh, sometimes a misunderstanding where people believe that um, uh, you know f philosophical arguments are completely separate uh, from uh, the uh, from the Islamic arguments. In fact, I think they are very similar in many ways. That, that, but I, I I do believe that we shouldn't, of course, enter into necessarily overtly enter into philosophical arguments from non-Islamic sources because I think that there is a danger that one can actually end up, uh, you know, uh, making many errors there. But Mesba, I hope that answers your question, inshallah. Jazakallah khair for coming on, brother. Thank you. Jazakallah. Okay, inshallah. So uh, who do we have uh, next? Let's. I think Moses is back. He Moses said... is back. Okay, Moses, we're going to yeah. get you on next. Moses, welcome to the stream. Assalamu alaikum, brothers. Walaikum salam, brother. Before, brother, we heard you maybe washing dishes or something. Yeah, let's not say that. what you. Let's was... not say where you were. I saw your yeah. comment in the back chat. Let's okay, not okay. say where you were. Okay. Yeah, no sorry problem. about that. Um, I was away from my phone. Sorry. Not, not a problem, brother. What's your What's your doubt or uh, your question, inshallah? It wasn't. It's not really a doubt. It's just a follow up. Um, I was on the last stream. I just wanted to say, um, uh, astaghfirullah. Like, please forgive me, brothers, for. Um, I guess uh, overreacting or just if my manners were wrong the last stream um, basically my question was because I didn't really formulate it properly I guess and you know I, I just got 
emotion, a little bit emotional, just based on, um, I felt like I was getting uh, interrupted a lot with what I was trying to ask. Um, so just a little backdrop of, of my previous uh, interaction with you brothers, just to remind you, because I came with a different name, um, but because uh, I don't want to show my real name, obviously. Uh, but uh, uh, my question was just regarding uh, the succession of Muawiyah. Um, and basically, mm -hmm. like, when I saw the comments after the chat, I was just like, subhanAllah, like, you know, like, uh, I might have came on in the wrong way, but, like, I could I, I could guarantee you that I am a Sunni, like, although I don't like the comments of a Sunni, obviously, I'm a revert, you know, um, mm -hmm. so I don't have any doubts with, within the deen itself, like, even when I... Uh, alhamdulillah, you know, and uh, stuff. I just wanted to apologize for the, my if I had any bad manners or anything like that. Um, it's just one of these things that has always plagued my mind ever since I came into the dean, you know. So I don't know who to ask. Like anybody who I ask, just basically, you know, more or less tells me the same thing, or just don't worry about it. Uh, okay, so, brother. Uh, I mean, we we apologize as well if we were rude to you or we indeed. we cut you off. It wasn't intentional, inshallah. And if it was, then Mela, forgive us. And of course, we ask for your forgiveness as well, uh, brother Ijaz. If we could briefly go into this subject, uh, because as I say, we do have a lot of people waiting. Uh, and I think one of the points that um, Doctor Imran you raised previously, Ijaz, was that um, in reality, how does this affect your practicing your team? That was that was the major mm -hmm. major major thing that stuck with me actually, mm -hmm. um, and, and the thing is that um, you know, brother um, Moses or whatever your name is, brother, is that um, in life you know we prioritize things based upon importance. You see, so for example, the most crucial thing for a human being probably be to breathe, and then possibly the most crucial thing to sustain you would be water, and then possibly nutrition through food. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't necessarily mix up the priority because if we mixed up the priority, we'd, within two or three minutes, we'd be dead. Mm. So if we prioritize the water or we prioritize the food and we stop breathing, we're dead. And spiritually, there's a, the spiritually and Islamically, there is, of course, a priority and a prioritizing of what we should prioritize, what we should be practicing and what we should be doing and what we should be concerned with and investing our time and our energy with to prioritize our spiritual stability and our spiritual growth. But I'll let Ijaz, inshallah, enter into the conversation. Um, and if you could be brief, inshallah, because we do have a lot of brothers and I still, uh -huh. uh, we, we have a short period of time before we have to end the um, stream. So, Yeah, uh, just 30 seconds quickly. Uh, the opinion generally is that we do not curse Muawiyah. Uh, some scholars add uh, Radiallahu An after his name. Um, obviously, uh, there's some people who disagree with this but we adopt the majority and the safer opinion in this case and we do not curse anyone um so I, that's basically it i would not like to speak more on this um the better person to speak on this would be the farid responds or or uh, what's his name abu Nur from uh, sunni defense one of those two brothers would be a better resource to ask this question to inshallah and uh, Jazalka, thank you so much for both your responses. No problem. Um, no problem. Ju just a quick uh, question, I guess, cause to ask, because I, mm -hmm. I do follow the Sunnah. I'm not, I'm not a Shia. I can guarantee you that I am not a Shia whatsoever, okay? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I'm, I'm a Sunni, quote unquote, but I, I just like to call myself a Muslim. You know, I don't like to associate myself with the, the sect per se, but obviously follow the Sunnah. Alhamdulillah. Um, so is it is it safe for me to just like... Uh, Stop at the four 
the first four caliphs, and then after that, say Allahu Alam. Like, is that okay for me to say? Like, you know what I mean? I don't like because because the, the one thing that that um, it's hard for me is when I when Shia start. I don't have a lot of Shia friends, but whenever they bring up this subject, I don't know what to say, you know. And because um, when I go into it, his brother, his brother, Mundi, yeah. brother, brother, what I would advise to you is that mm. when it comes to history, the better, the safer, the safer stance for a Muslim to take is do not think and say negative things about anybody mm. of the companions. Of the companions, of course, of course, about the companions. So, so in, in this case, just to be clear, I hold to the opinion that we say Vajalahu An after the name of Muawiyah, um, simply because many of the companions did fight each other mm-hmm. beyond just Muawiyah and Ali Vajalahu Anhum, right? There were other companions that fought each other, but they did not perform kufr upon each other, nor did they curse each other. And they had honor, respect, and love for each other, even after having you know, fought. So the case simply here is that as Sunnis, the majority of you is that we say Rajalahu An after the name of Muawiyah, and that's it. Um, a Shia, they may disagree. Mm. And they have theological reasons. I will not say political mm. differences, but rather theological differences for disagreeing. Because Ali radiallahu an is more than a leader from among the Sahaba for them. So, mm. so to just stay with the safer opinion, and I would suggest you familiarize yourself, um, uh, at least with what the Sunni scholars say about Muawiyah radiallahu an. And so, I would strongly advise going to the channel Sunni Defense and you know informing Brother Abu Nur that our brother Ijaz from EF Dawah referred you and take up the matter with him, and he can spend a longer period of time discussing this topic with you because. Um, it might be too long for this stream, and we already had one interaction on it, and we already let you know what our opinion was on what the safer view within Sunni Islam is. I know, as a revert to Islam, mm. you might be there might be some confused emotions here, but as Sunni Muslims, our sources of knowledge are from the Sunni tradition, mm. and the Sunni tradition is firmly encamped into one major view, and that is the view that we say Vajalahu An merely be pleased with. Muawiyah. So that's our view. I Sunni discourse. Uh, Sunni discourse. Sorry, my bad. Sunni discourse. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. B- before you guys let me go, I just want to clarify something. Wallahi billahi, I did not anything I said about Muawiyah radiallahu anhu. Um, I did not. I don't. I wasn't trying to curse him at all. I just had some. I guess you could say criticisms about what he did. At, you know what I mean with uh, his son, like the succession, because it changed from a Khalifa to a kingship. That's all I had, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. This was, you know, foretold by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is, you know, boom, another prophecy, but uh, fulfilled. Oh, but I never knew that. Yes. Yeah, this was fulfilled, a uh, prophecy mentioned by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so, uh, inshallah, sunnah discourse, brother Abu Nur, mashallah, Shabu. very lovely brother. He can go into really historical details with this on you. But just to be Inshallah. clear, the Sunni position is the correct position, brother. And I'm not saying that because I'm biased. I've looked into this myself and read the sources on them. Mm. And this is the view that the scholars have come to. And I understand why. But mm. to have that discuss- discussion, brother Abu Nur, inshallah, would be a better resource than me. 
So may Allah make it easy for you. And Amen. there is no bad blood between us. There's no reason to fight. And we have no hatred towards you. Thank you for coming. Once again, brothers, I appreciate all your help. And please forgive me for anything I said. Not a problem, brother. The feeling is mutual, inshallah. May Allah make things easy for you. Asalaamu Alaikum. Alhamdulillah. So, yeah, I mean, mashallah, it was a nice conversation. There's nothing wrong with asking the conversation. Um, but as long as we can, inshallah, as I say, you know, we need to prioritize things as Muslims. And we have many Muslims. I remember in the past having discussions with Muslims about aspects that were not even regarded as sunnah necessarily or nafil, uh, endless discussions. And then when I asked the brother, and of course, I'm not referring to the brother who was just on, uh, did you read your fajr this morning? And the brother smiled and he said, no, I didn't. <laughs> and I said, let's worry about that first. Because that's the position of most of us. You know, read your salah on time. SubhanAllah. Yeah, just quickly, just quickly, Brother Ali, we see you. I promise we see you. But we have an order that the admin has already mentioned to us. So we're following their directions. Inshallah, if you wait, we will most likely come to you. Okay, brother, do we, forgive we, us. We'll try our best. Uh, so next person is uh, Proofy25. We're going to get you on next. Uh, welcome Sorry to for stream. interrupting you, Brother Abbas. Uh, no, no, no. Go, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Welcome to this. But you did call me ugly, just to be clear. So. No, I didn't say ugly. Uh, you said <laughs> you said you're the most beautiful. I said that's a lie. That's what I was saying. Uh, Which was a joke, Subhanallah, because you are the most beautiful, Mashallah. Uh, Proofy twenty five. Welcome to the stream. Thank you for having me. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, brother. Are you Muslim? Yes, I'm a Muslim. I reverted to Islam years ago from um, from uh, actually a Sikh family. Okay. And I read the Quran. I, I initially I would read stuff quotes from the Prophet, and then my friend from college let me uh, Quran, and I read it, and I was instantly I don't know just something about it. Just oh, I just read a page. I read another page. I just instantly was hooked. You know. Um, since then, I went through a lot of phases. Um, you know how I look at the religion and everything like that, and my journey has changed and. Um, my but my belief in the core tenets of the faith never wavered, right? Um, so sometimes I'd be into you know uh, more a progressive modern Islam, you know, and then I would move to more Salafi Islam. But I was always confident that the core and the foundation was solid, and I don't have to worry about that. And I'm going to die as a believer. My my biggest worry was that I was going to die as a disbeliever. And recently, in the last two years, I've been having serious doubts about um, not, not the concept of God or spiritualism or a hereafter or anything like that. I'm convinced of that, um, even without religion. Okay, I think philosophically it's impossible to have all this without a source. Um, but I'm having trouble understanding the Abrahamic God in that him intervening in life, intervening in history. God's involvement in history is what I'm having trouble understanding when it comes to the three, um, the three major faiths of the world. Like and with Islam, it's it's more pronounced because you know you read the stories of the Quran. 
Um, I'll give you an example, like the like the story of the elephant, of our, the army of the elephants, where Allah sent um, a flock of birds to destroy them. And that, that's just one example. The, the Quran's filled with examples where God directly intervenes. And with my experience in life and my, you know, um, understanding of human history, um, whether it be modern history, ancient history, I don't see God intervening when when we, we recorded it on a technical basis. You know, when humans have actually written it down, it, there's no intervention. It doesn't matter who believes in what. It matters who has more money to have more weapons. That's who wins the wars, and that's who controls the status quo. And why would God punish people if they're just following a status quo? So you've asked really um, two questions there. One is the question of um, God intervening in uh, in, in human affairs. Um and then we'll look at the second question later. But why do you have a problem with that, God intervening? Do you, do you feel that God shouldn't intervene? I uh, believe I believe God does intervene, like, um, but not the way. In I'm just I shouldn't say that. I'm not I'm not at the level of disbelief. I'm at the level of uh, doubt. Um, I'm I'm having trouble with understanding how God could. Uh, intervene in a war, you know, like in a direct involvement. I understand God like making things happen in very subtle, complex ways that, you know, but I just don't get God sending like uh, birds or God sending rocks from the sky to destroy a city when when that just doesn't happen in, in my experience, in the world's experience, you know. That's what I'm having trouble with. So the the, the, the issue here really is that in your experience, you're saying that things like that don't happen. But the reality is that we've had natural disasters. We've had disasters that have happened. Like, for example, the city of Pompeii. Allah, we believe that there is a, a, an explanation in the Quran where Allah says that they were sitting and they were sleeping and they were, they were doing whatever they were doing and Allah snatched them. Allah took them in, in an instant. Um, because a volcano erupted and hot ash covered them and incinerated them. And today, in fact, when we recently discovered the city, we find people literally who were lying down, who were eating, who were you know, doing whatever they were doing, and they were taken away at an instant. Now, but my point to you really is, why is that necessarily right or wrong if Allah chose to do that and Allah says that Allah chooses to do that sometimes sometimes Allah does it in this world and sometimes Allah delays the punishment till the hereafter but the, the, what, that's what I'm, where I, what I'm fundamentally trying to get at is that why do you fun fundamentally have a problem with that because the fact that whether it has happened or it hasn't happened we can show many examples where it has happened we we see many cities for example where they were flourishing, where all that is left are the buildings, where the people were completely destroyed and all uh, descendants, you know, we have no descendants from those people anymore. All we have are the structures that were left behind. And Allah, Allah alludes to this in the Quran. But So the fact that we've seen it historically, we have seen it, 
But w- what is the issue with that, though? That's why I want to understand uh, uh, why you have a problem with that. No, I, I, I totally am aware of cities and uh, civilizations being significantly significantly destroyed by natural disasters. And I have, I mean, yesterday there was a big earthquake in Afghanistan, which killed, you know, almost a thousand people. Um, but the thing is, what where I'm having a, a difficulty understanding is uh, it's based on evil versus good. I don't, I don't think when that it's evil versus good. I just think it's nature. I think it's um, just uh, people were placed in a place where there was, you know, high volcanic um, activity or near a fault line of an earthquake. Um, And if they have, if they're a rich country, it's going to be less devastating to them than if they were a poor country. That's all I've seen through history. But as a a believer, brother, do Mm. you believe that everything happens by the will of God by the creation of God. So just because we see it as a natural disaster, i.e., you know, volcano, uh, magma coming to the surface and blowing the cap off a mountain and and producing all this ash and fire, um, we we have an explanation for this because Allah says that sometimes uh, when a calamity befalls somebody, it could be a test or it could be a punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I mean what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at really is that just because you perceive it to be something that simply happened by nature doesn't necess- necessitate that it was not guided created sustained and made to happen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right there are many mountains for example that are volcanic mountains that that don't erupt okay so here's how I justified it to rem- to keep my uh, Iman to keep my belief in Islam, and I want to actually see if what your take on it is. Um, I believe, of course, as a Muslim, as a person who believes in one God, I believe that everything is under His control and His knowledge. Um, so when these things happen, of course, it's Him making it happen. You can explain it scientifically. I get all that. Okay, but. In the Quran, with this story saying, okay, those who rejected the prophets, their cities were, you know, basically destroyed. So the way I have come to peace with this is um, I think it was more of a, like a, like a warning to the Quraysh or to the non-believers around the prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa that rather than real, real stories because back then they didn't have police they didn't have security cameras you could do these crimes you could do these horrific things um you could disbelieve and fight against the you know the vulnerable believers you're not going to get in trouble but there was these warnings to set them straight not i i don't think they necessarily happened they happened in the sense that they were natural events but they but they didn't happen in the sense that it was like um these people were being punished because they were disbelieving Brother, you're making an assumption here, and your assumption is that things can happen by themselves. You're making an assumption that people can be destroyed just because of some random event or an event but, that. But, unfolds- but Allah created the world, and He created it in, with scientific laws, laws of nature. He made those, and He doesn't break those. He doesn't no, break but, them. But the point, the point here is this, though. The point here is that just because you have a mountain. There doesn't need to be necessarily a volcanic eruption. Just because you live near the sea, there doesn't need to be necessarily be a tsunami that 
destroys a whole people. It doesn't. It doesn't need to happen. The point. The point here is that Allah can choose for it to happen if Allah so wishes. Mm-hmm. Now, now the point here is that just because you or I might look at something, and we may assess it as an unfolding event of nature, doesn't not necessarily mean that it was just something that was going to happen outside of the control or the wish or the will of God Almighty, because that part of it is unseen. We don't see that part of the, of the equation, you see. What we simply see is the effect. And what I'm trying to explain to you is that a Muslim is somebody who believes in the seen and the unseen. So when you raise, for example, the birds being sent, a babil being sent to destroy the elephants that were uh, Abrar, I think it was the king Abrar who was trying to invade uh, Mecca and destroy the Kaaba uh, and the birds were sent with the stones what I'm trying to say to you is that just because I can't explain that naturalistically why that could ever happen doesn't nece- doesn't necessarily mean that it didn't happen that's the point because these are uh, miracles of Allah these are decisions of Allah so for example in the we were told for example in the battle of Badr that it, it, it will not be you who will strike, but it will be Allah who will strike for you. And Allah says that Allah sent angels to strengthen the Muslims. Uh, and the Muslims actually said that they would see injuries being inflicted, even though they wouldn't have actually stru- struck the person that was fighting them. So but what, what I'm trying to get at here is that just because we see an effect and we don't see the cause of that effect, doesn't mean that that necessarily the cause didn't happen. Now, how do we know this? And we know this because we establish this from the Quran and from the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. We establish that the Quran is a revelation from God. And because the Quran tells us that Allah sent the birds with the pep, with the stones, and it was a miracle of Allah, and Allah destroyed the elephants, we accept it on that basis we don't accept it because we have to explain it naturalistically how this could have happened and therefore only then will I accept it. No, we accept it on the word of Allah because Allah says this is what happened. And because we verify that those are Allah's words, we don't have a problem accepting that. I don't, I don't know if that's sort of, if I put it uh, correctly. I'll let Dr. Imran come in there after, after you have a chance to come back, brother. Um, I don't actually know what the question is. I've came in after the conversation. Sorry, okay. So I'll let the brother come back and then maybe I'll explain the question. Brother, do you want to come back at all with that? Um, yeah, I have no problem with doing that. Um, so the question was basically um, uh, about an intervening God is what I have an issue with. Um, that's causing doubt within my religion right now. Um, I have no issue with believing in an hereafter. I have no issue believing in one God, creator of everything, the almighty, okay? I have a, 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 a just a doubts with him intervening in human history, um, in wars, in choosing uh, the believers against the non-believers, because that's not what I see. I see the people who, who, with the biggest weapons, win and set the status quo. They set the moral standard. It's not the it's not the believers or the non-believers. It's the people who have the most weapons. Okay, um, I don't see God intervening. The so, Hindus, the pagans, could win as long as they have better weapons. Okay, so um, why have you come to that conclusion? Because that, that's what um, I've seen. People, it, the, only the people with the better weapons win. 
Well, just from my like um, experience in life, what I see day to day, what I see on the knees, what I see reading human history is it's basically, you know, one uh, um, based on this physical reality, the law of nature. Do you know anything about the battles of the Prophet, peace be upon him, or the early Muslims? Um, see, my understanding of this is when it comes to prophets, uh, I know this sounds contradictory with what I'm saying, but I always thought that when there's a prophet who's receiving direct revelation from God, things get a little bit different then. I mean, then God will intervene. Oh, oh, but even the prophet lost battles. But, over, but overall, he won. You so, know, so this is the thing. So there's a couple of things. I'm just trying to, you know, obviously I haven't heard all of your conversation. Mm -hmm. so there's two. There's different things here. So first, there is a, a view of um, God as being a non-interventionist God. I I'd like to know how you came to this, because this is I'm not, not directly non-interventionist. I don't want to say I'm a uh, what, what are they called a because that would become a deist, wouldn't it? Right? A deist, exactly. No, no. Yeah, and then, so then, why would you be following any religion if you were deist? I I believe that God intervenes in ways that don't break the law of nature. Why do you believe that? I, from my experience, I mean, uh, you can't. What do you, you mean? Can't, this is it, brother. You I'm, see, a, I'm, an, I'm a human animal. You can't. God wouldn't. No, no. Believe. One second. Let me explain something to you. Mm -hmm. So, you believe the Quran is from Allah? Yes, of course. Okay. Have you read the story of uh, Ibrahim? Yes. What happens to him? When he's going to um, sacrifice his son? No. Or which, which part? When he makes the like the story of Abraham, there's a few aspects to it. Like when, when he's called to um, sacrifice. What did uh, people do to him? They were gonna put him in the the fire. And what happens? The fire is made to cool. Okay, is that is that changing the law of nature? Yeah, but that's what I meant when, when regarding the prophets. It's oh, so no, no, no. So, the, so the idea that see, because you make you you're building your house of these ideas upon each other, and actually they don't follow. So the first thing is there is direct evidence from the religious perspective of God intervening and changing the laws of nature. Okay, so for example, the fire is made cool for Abraham. Yeah, this is a really big example because fire is not cool; it burns. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Then we have other examples as well. Um, now, if you, interestingly, also we see that uh, Allah says in the Quran to the Prophet peace upon him that it was not you who threw, but it was I who threw. Talking about the throwing of the dust into the faces of the of the people that had come to fight him. So Allah's saying that you, 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 although you're in control, I'm in total control. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Now, and then we have every virtually every single battle of the Muslims. They were outnumbered, massively outnumbered. At least two to one, many times it was... So when they fought the Romans, for example, it was literally like a 10 to one. They were outnumbered, or maybe even more than this. I think it was a 100 to one, outnumbered. Now, and these are sort of well-documented in history. Now, when you, when you see these things happening, and the Muslims, the, you imagine the Muslims, they were a small... You know, this is... A, Arabia was a small place, you know, the Hijaz. Um, with in terms of the number of people there, ragtag, uh, you know, warrior warrior people, but you know, not very maintained, not very sort of organized. 
they within within a generation they were they took on and defeated two the two greatest superpower empires the Persians and the Romans not one at a time at the same time they defeated them at the same time yeah but someone can argue outnumbered technologically outnumbered but someone outnumbered can argue those, those, those people they didn't have the weapons they didn't have the experience that the right. other people had now, so these things that you're talking about, is this the people who happen to have the most technology or the well, most? Well, I have an important point to make about that. I mean, it, regarding the Persian and the Roman, the Byzantine empires, they were they were on their last footing. I mean, they were dying empires. So no, no. Well, argue... Hang on one second. So this is a claim. Sorry, go on. Go on but Jaz, you're immutated. Yeah, this would be incorrect. The hundred. Yeah, so this is incorrect. 150,000 versus, I think it was, what, less than uh, 15,000 Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. An empire in decline does not have 150,000 soldiers, most of whom, mind you, were professional soldiers, though of a Christian Arab origin. They were still yeah. of a professional class of soldiers. To mm -hmm. say that they were on their last legs is not correct because both the Romans and the Persians teamed up. Not because they were on their last legs, but because this emergent threat um, had, uh, well, severely uh, threatened the Sassanid rule, and it had severely caused into question the dominance of the hegemon, uh, at least in the uh, North Africa and in, what do you call it, guys, in Near East, yeah. of the Byzantine Empire. So no, they were not on their last legs. They were quite what's the word here, consistent to the point that the Muslims did not conquer Constantinople, the capital of the Byzantine Empire until how many years later? 700 years later. I failed to see if they were on their last legs how their capital city was not sacked immediately like the yeah. Sassanid Empire was. And you know what, so, Just Historians have written about the fact they're still confused, in fact, as to how and, and their explanation is that this is tantamount to Eskimos challenging Russia and America and then actually defeating them within a few years. This is, this is this sort of disparity between, and these are trained historians, non-Muslims, some so of whom have said sure. that this would be tantamount to the Eskimos uh, saying that we're going to take over Russia and America. So it, even till today, it's a point of content, huge contention as to how this even happened. And, and of course, what we would say is that, um, you know, Allah, cho Allah chose to help the Muslims at that time, and the Muslims managed to conquer. But I think, Brother Proofy, I think the thing here is this, and of course, I don't want this to, to necessarily to become a debate. You had a question, Dr. Imran actually did explain to you that your fundamental principle, actually... Sorry, go on, Dr. Imran. Just, just, there's another aspect of this. There was the other... So not only have we demonstrated from the religious perspective intervention, interventionism, the fact that actually we have messengers and we have divine texts and we have, um, you know, guidance from God, because he says in Surah Al-Baqarah when he, when he sent Adam and Eve, peace be upon them, to the earth that follow the guidance that I will send you. This is intervention. And then on top of that, we've demonstrated that... Um, you know, there are examples of changing of the laws of nature. For Ibrahim, the fire example is probably the most poignant one there for, for them for now. But obviously we are aware of other miracles that have happened, uh, not only to other prophets, but the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him as well, you know, uh, feeding many thousands of people water uh, from his fingers. We have, we have these sort of uh, recorded. Now, the other aspect of it is what does history do? History, uh, the modern history, definitely, is a, um, a secular endeavor to try and record information from the past. And it comes at it from the perspective of 
not believing in anything divine or supernatural. So anything that is reported or shown, it will come across as, um, it will come across as, uh, uh, or be explained in a way that doesn't invoke anything supernatural, because this is not uh, the job of history to record supernatural events. These are because they are not something that can be measured or checked. Which is why, if you do try and measure and check them, uh, using some sort of me- me- mechanism that's sort of uh, materialistic or you know, only nature exists and the laws of nature can't be changed, you're always going to come away with there's been no intervention <clears throat> because that's the only option available to you. So what my what I would suggest is probably that you're using the wrong tools to analyze the history from a religious perspective. If you're looking for divine intervention. History is not going to tell you divine intervention happened. It's not just history. It's just my, you know, the way I see the human animal interact with each other. I never see it based on justice or anything like that. I always just see it based on uh, evolutionary, you know, explanation. But that's um, that. Uh, that's really? just tell me, tell me the evolutionary expla- explanation for altruism, please. I, I wouldn't be able to because there isn't that's, one. That's why. It, it, can you clarify that, please? So, the, the the paradigm that evolution will put forward is that there is some, there has to be some sort of advantage to the passing on of the genes to the next generation for any actions that are carried out. Okay, so you would understand uh, doing some good for your, you know, your par- your your brother, your sister, your, you know, the, your cousins, and and going outwards. Mm-hmm. But we are human beings. We we have people who um, will will help people on the other side of the world that we have no link with, in okay. terms of uh, evolutionary links. Mm-hmm. And we have we have, we see this altruism, uh, for example, there. Um, and there is no there's no evolutionary mechanism to explain this altruism. There isn't one, because we 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 are comp- and the the other interesting thing is because you you use this phrase a lot, the human animal. We're not animals. But Allah said he made us from the water and the dirt. I mean, doesn't no, that... No. no, no, we're not animals. So, th- so some saying, of the things you're saying remind me of... The, of what's the guy a, that called us rational animals again? Who was that? Uh, it was a Greek philosopher. I forget his name. Could have Aristotle. That man is a, a rational animal. I think that's what proof he's trying to. But, but, but keep in mind, just because I use these terms, my my belief in the supernatural, my belief in God is not unwavering. I I don't have no issue with ab- evolution. I have no issue with us being part of nature and, and believing in God. I just never have. I don't understand why there is an issue there. Um, and I also want to make a point that. You know, when I made that comment about the Muslims, the only reason the Muslims won was because the Persian and the Benzantine empires were on their last legs. I didn't. I meant no disrespect, and I'm I'm well aware. It's not you about don't take it disrespectfully. I, I'm well aware. aware of the no, no, you're not offending. We're just trying to engage with the points, actually. See, because mm-hmm. you made you you established your ideas on some mm-hmm. foundations. So one of the things you said is that you, you don't believe that God is interventionist, but then was intervention in a certain ways i there's revelation and then you said god doesn't change nature the the laws of nature and we talked about ibrahim and the fire and the other miracles that people have done you know moses splitting the sea jesus raising the dead peace upon him with god's permission all of these things even the prophet Muhammad peace upon him did many miracles that are recorded in, in the muslim history uh, the muslim uh, religious history and that and those are breaking the law of nature as we understand them so we have this establishment then then you said that um, when you see people 
defeating other people in battles, etc. And then what you see is um, whoever has the most might, etc., or the most, uh, you know, um, you know. I mean, we've just seen in modern times we have the the greatest superpower on the planet at the moment with with their friends have tried to invade and, and occupy a country for 20 years where they're riding horses and they're using literally rifles from 30, 40 years ago, the Taliban, and they've been defeated. Now, I'm not saying God is on which side, or I'm just making the point that even your, even in a simple analysis in modern times, so that actually you can have all of the powers in the world, it will not, it will not determine the outcome. Yeah, but someone yeah, could still explain that there. someone could still but someone could still explain the terrain of Afghanistan being different than the terrain of say Iraq or something, and that's not, the not, reason. They, not that's not I mean. It's like there's always some physical. Even uh, uh, brother, even in Iraq, they withdrew. Fallujah. In fact, they withdrew from this place. In fact, they waited. Um, if I'm not if I'm not incorrect, right? One of the main goals for the invasion of Iraq, if their, their files, I forget the name of the files that were released, was to prevent the Iranians from having political power in Iran, uh, in Iraq and forming the Shiite crescent. And that evidently failed. So it can't just be that Afghanistan is a one-off because it happened in Iraq too. And yeah. it happened in Libya when they withdrew and the, the embassy killing occurred. It's repeatedly what has happened and occurred. It's not one-off. I, I think, brother, brother Proofy, the other thing here is this, you know, um, e even when we do see something that is quite profound, if your underlying opinion is that it can be explained naturalistically, you'll always just come up with a naturalistic explanation, regardless of the uh, probability of it actually being the case. Uh, so my point to you, brother, is this. It's a simple point, really, which is that we can establish, alhamdulillah, with confidence that this Qur'an is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it quite clear that he does intervene mm -hmm. in our matters. <clears throat> and so as for a Muslim brother, for a believer, for somebody who's convinced of the revelation being from Allah, this should be enough for us. Because the reality here is, as I explained to you, we can explain away anything in life. You know, look, America has drones, bombers, fighters, helicopters, manpower, navy, air force, uh, satellites. It has everything. And then you have, as Imran said, a people, you know, who were on horseback predominantly with um, Kalashnikovs that they made themselves in in their makeshift dusty factories. Now we could say, oh, but the terrain, we could say, oh, but you know, the mountains. Yeah, okay, but you have you you have satellites, you have things that pick up pick up heat in the, the darkest nights. You can pick up heat signals from people and you can bomb them and you can kill them. And so what I'm trying to say to you is we can try to explain these things away if that's our underlying assumption. But all I'm saying to you is, look, Allah, the Qur'an is from Allah, and Allah says Allah intervenes. Allah is showing that Allah intervenes. And for a Muslim, alhamdulillah, this should be enough. Why, why should we doubt that? Why should we doubt Allah's words once we confirm that they are from Allah? Allah says, I intervene. Allah says, I sent the birds and I destroyed the elephants. Alhamdulillah, this is what Allah did, without a doubt. Allah says that Ibrahim, salam, when they threw him into the fire, Allah ordered the fire to become cool. And the fire became cool. 
Alhamdulillah, I don't need to understand the science of how that happened. I understand the reality that it did happen because the claimant is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah cannot lie. Allah does not deceive. Allah is not incorrect in anything. So Alhamdulillah, 100% with conviction, I know that the fire was cooled for Allah, uh, cooled for Ibrahim alayhi salam. And I don't need to doubt these things. And I think that's the, that's the fundamental point, I think that. And you said that you're a Muslim and you said that you believe in the Quran. And so therefore, believe what it claims. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't see any of these things as being a cause for um, doubt. Why am I on uh, full screen? <laughs> I think because you're in the middle of the flow, mashallah. Then, no, uh, no, I think just leave it normal. That embarrasses me. But, uh, br but brother, look, that should be enough for us. And, and, and what, what I'm trying to say to the brothers previously as well is that, you know, whenever these points come to us, fundamentally we should always say and we should always think about how has Allah explained this to me? How, how has the Prophet explained this to me? And for us, as I'm a, lay, I'm a lay Muslim, I'm a lay person. I don't need to go to historians to tell me what happened. I don't need to go to anybody to explain to me what happened. I simply need to first verify, is this Quran from Allah? Once I'm convinced it is from Allah, khalas, the matter is settled. It cannot be any other way. It cannot be any other way other than what Allah has explained. No, I, I never. Yeah, I, I understand. But I believe that the Quran is from Allah. I was. I just had, you know, maybe. Oh, maybe Allah was using this as like a, you know, as a story to teach a lesson rather than it being an actual truth. You know, like these type of uh, conclusions that I started coming up with. I, I never really doubted the message, the core message of Islam. I understand, but brother Proofy, when Allah says something explicitly that Allah did this, mm -hmm. and the, and the scholars, the people who understand the grammar, they understand the Quran, they understand the Hadith, they've researched the Hadith, and they confirm that indeed Allah is saying this. We should not then assume that it could be a parable or it could just be something else, but it actually isn't explicit. We should bow to scholarship. And scholarship is telling us, people who understand the Qur'an, understand the hadith, that this is an explicit statement by Allah, and this is what happened. Alhamdulillah, that should be enough for us. Yeah. Why should we then think of it differently? That, that's the point, brother. Can yeah. I just ask one quick question? Uh, so I know that maybe we should move on, it's 11 o'clock. Um, so what made you go down this route of um, not believing in supernatural intervention? Uh, actually, that's a good question, and it, it might uh, serve as a lesson to Muslims who are born into, you know, uh, actual Muslim families and how uh, reverts um, regard the Muslim world. Um, it started out with me just kind of like uh, seeing Muslim behavior, and uh, it wasn't, you know, I didn't see a lot of kindness. I didn't see a lot of self-awareness. I just seen uh, all these things, so I started, okay. It, you know, it started from that. It started from like, how could uh, a religion from God is, have people who are following be so mean? Okay, so that that was the foundation of uh, my doubts. And then I started, you know, coming up with these all these intellectual, you know, thoughts about, okay, well, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. But that was the foundation, to be honest. So, so I, don't, I don't know how that's linked. 
it, it's not Neither. linked. It's 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 linked in a way that um, it's you know it's very nuanced. Um, because so the question, what question was, why have you gone for this sort of materialist paradigm in terms of how the world works? The, the, um, the, the, history, I, I, I never history. even wanted to think of doubting Islam. Okay, but no, no, the, it's not about doubting Islam because I've said to you that the points you're raising for someone who's aware of what the Quran says mm-hmm. and of even basic Islamic history. It, but it's non, weird how human really psychology point. is. If you have good experience, you're not. Like, when, if I was having good experience after good experience, I wouldn't maybe even go open that door. But no, something, so something like to open that sorry, door. The proofy, because now you're making an argument from because I'm having a tough time, therefore my doubts are coming. I, keep in mind, I'm not here to debate you. I'm here to learn. No, no, I'm, I'm not debating you. I'm just what I'm trying to do, brother. From the beginning, it's just to see. See why you are coming to your conclusions and look at the basis for them so you can understand. Now, yes, there are Muslims that don't do what the Islam teaches them to do. You know, may Allah guide us all. Yeah. But that's different from Islam itself. Yeah. You have to look at what the text says and what the religious says. And so we've sp- spoken about God being interventionist. We've established this really from the texts. We've spoken about uh, Ibrahim and Islam. We talked about the history of the Muslims when they were fighting, vastly outnumbered by these armies and, and defeating two superpowers, uh, really, uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that's sort of, I would say, miraculous. You know, literally, I've used these terms. And then we've spoken about the, the idea that um, following a, a secular materialist view of the world, you can't then take that, which automatically presumes there's no supernatural. You can't impose that into your religious paradigm because they don't, they don't fit together. I, I just thought there was there needs a paradigm sh- like I I've always been you know a, uh, a believer in science as well and there, there's never been a yeah, conflict. I, I'm, the I'm the and same I, as you. I'm the same. Yeah, and I, I I always thought there needs to be a paradigm shift in Islam. Um, so this is the thing. So I would not. So sorry, Daz. I know you want to say something, but I just want to say very quickly. The as a as a Muslim, I understand what science is and what science uh, can do and what it can't do. Science has limitations on its ability to look for. Um, all it can do is build models of how the world works. That's all it can do. It cannot give you actual truth. It's always evolving and changing. And the problem here is, is that it's, it's unable to look at anything non-material. So any only those things which are time and space, it can actually have an attempt at looking at. Anything supernatural is over, is beyond its scope automatically because. The basic fundamental point of science is that there are no non-natural explanations. There are no non-natural explanations. Everything has to be explained in a natural way. That's that's the paradigm of science. You take that paradigm, you're never going to find God. You're never going to find anything supernatural. You're never going to find miracles. You're never going to find interventionism. You, You won't find any of these things. And you're still left with the existential questions. Where did the universe come from? Who am I? What is my purpose? Can I think? Is there value? Is there meaning? All those things are unanswered by science. But on a side note, is there any uh, where in Islam where it says you will, uh, you know, th- that science won't ever lead to uh, the realm no. of uh, this, uh, the unseen, the realm of the souls? Like, why no. do, you, do you think the realm of the souls will ever become part of human history in the future based on technology? It's, it's, uh, the current scientific paradigm is that... It can, and, and this is there are no non-natural explanations. It can only look at nature and make conclusions about nature only via natural explanations. So everything that is observed or theorized about has to be within that. Now, the paradigm shift, if, if people are thinking they can use science to look at the supernatural, they, have a, they are the ones who require the paradigm shift. 
because they have to actually understand what science is. People who believe the science can find every answer, they, they, are, they are suffering under the fallacy of scientism. Yeah, but that's the concept of Newtonian Western science. I mean, when the Muslim philosophers, the Muslim scientists were doing it, they were, they were looking at the world around them through the uh, lens of God. You know, they were, it was increasing mm -hmm. them in their deen and their religion. It was only until after colonization where the, there was this stark separation between science and, and, and God. You know, and I don't think... I know, Jaz, I've got a lot to say on this, but Jaz, please, I know you want to say something. Just briefly, for us, there is no such separation. We still ultimately believe that Allah is the one who has created. And because he has created, we look for his ayat or his signs in the creation of the heavens and the earth. So that would be everything that exists, basically. We can look and study at them. In any case, Dr. Imran said something which we should all be clear about. The, the empirical sciences are exactly for that. Natural things, physical things. It cannot account for the supernatural, hence the word supernatural. It's beyond natural understanding. So you can never, so, so this is why I was confused when you said you were looking for a divine intervention in history. Well, what would that look like? Even if there was a divine intervention, we would still find a way to at least attribute that divine intervention to some to some uh, natural means. We might say that there was a flood in this place, or as a ruler in that place, or an army there. No, you look for like, for example, the plagues of Egypt, right? Yeah, there were many mechanisms leading to the plagues, yes, but that does not go back to the primary mover of those mechanisms, which caused those things to occur. Right, the saving of Musa salam and his people. Yes, there can be natural mechanisms which achieve the, the goal of God in specific events, but that we know some of those mechanisms does not remove the role of God or deny what religion claims. And so I, I struggle in my mind to find something that would strictly and only be seen in natural terms. I, I don't see that. And just quickly here, yes, Muslims are mean. We get that. Many Muslims have a bad attitude. We don't deny that. That can even be me. I'm mean sometimes. Who the hell knows at this point? But there is a hadith here from Rasulullah wasallam. right? Yes, the disbelievers, Allah answers their prayers. He hears them. There is no one who Allah does not hear. And I believe there's either another narration on this as well, or an author a saying that Allah will reward the disbelievers in this life if they are more just. So the fact that Muslims are mean and that in some Muslim countries we have totalitarian rulers that persecute people terribly, Allah will give justice to people who do less persecution. And he will reward them. So some non-Muslim being rewarded or having more wealth or greater status, that is not because Allah does not exist or Islam is false. Allah does not say that we will always be the nation that is always given everything and kept with all the wealth and the status. He will punish us because we are Muslims. And we, unfortunately, we fail at being Muslims sometimes. So that's just my two cents on that, uh, brother. We've um, we've really got to sort of speed things along because we've got a few guests, and I just want to like I want to give them like one minute each just to quickly ask um, their their question or address their doubt, and then I'd just like the brothers to briefly just answer that. But we're not going to have a to and fro because there's five people waiting, and the stream should have ended up nine minutes ago. The only thing I'd, I'd quickly say to you, brother Proofy, is this: that you said something very poignant there, and you said that you went down this journey because 
you noticed that there were some Muslims who were really not practicing their religion properly and they were not being really representative of, of the beauty of Islam. Uh, and what I would actually say to you, brother, is I think just look at that point and address that point and whether that would logically follow to where you ended up. I think that would I think that will probably answer your question. But uh, Brother Proofy, thank you very much for coming on. Jazakallah khair. Jazakallah khair. Thank you for answering my question. I you're really welcome. And inshallah, you're more than welcome to come on again, inshallah. And if you have any other concerns or issues, uh, we can have private conversations as well, inshallah. Email us. Um, inshallah. We can maybe continue. But, but jazakallah khair, brother, for coming on. Inshallah, okay. stay strong in your deen and your iman, inshallah. Thank you, brother. Good night. Asalaamu alaikum. Good night. Okay, uh, brothers, uh, before I get you on, uh, it's literally, please, 30 seconds, ask your question. I don't want to kick you off the stream and then you don't get to get on, but I'd like the, um, I'm not going to try to speak too much now. So I'm going to let brother Ijaz maybe answer one and let Dr. Imran answer one, and then we'll try to get through the brothers. But brothers, if you could please kindly briefly uh, ask your question uh, and let it go through, flow through. If anybody else joins the stream, you're not going to get on because we we have too many people. Uh, Brother uh, Issa uh, Dozai, you're on next. You can leave your camera on or you can switch it off. Uh, welcome Salam to the stream. Welcome, Salam, brother. Uh, okay, so I just have um, a question about Qadr. And it's about this uh, Hadith of uh, like Hadrat Adam. Um, if you know that hadith, I, you know, it's, I know what Qadr is, I completely understand, but is it, uh, this hadith, I don't know exactly, but I think it's, it's kind of like, um, that he's, um, saying that if it wasn't the Qadr of Allah, I wouldn't have done it, you know, that, uh, the he ate the apple or um ate from the tree is that the hadith you know uh i think if you quoted it clearly we might be able to bring it up on the screen we might be i heard but uh, brother, I, I what i'll do what i'll do Ijaz, can you are you able to address that or should the I brother can't remember off the top of my head okay. i'll need to see the word and look at the show so as well, soon as i am sorry you waited so long for a non-answer but next time just give us the reference in the chat or the direct uh hadith itself okay. and we can try to answer you in a better way i'm sorry okay. Jazakallah khair, brother for coming okay. on e you. email us yeah, inshallah sure. and we can maybe continue sure. the discussion Jazakallah khair. okay thank you uh, Brother yeah. Ali, uh, you're going to go on next. Uh, if you could briefly ask a question, and then Dr. Imran can maybe address this one. That's the Bible story, but yeah. Brother uh, Brother uh, Ali? How you doing, brothers? How you guys, how you guys doing? Alhamdulillah, we're fine. Alhamdulillah. So my question I have, uh, nobody's been able to answer it. The question I have, just stop. Sorry, my wife is bothering me. Um, my, que my question is this. Um, Mashallah, may she bother you for the rest of your life. I mean, yes, yeah, this is the one question I have. Uh, it's been bothering me. No one uh, had sheikhs, they didn't have no answer for this. Um, Brother, ask the question, inshallah. Okay. <laughs> running out of time, <laughs> Adam. Okay, sit down, peace, peace be upon him. Adam, when he was made, obviously, uh, the devil was there. We all know this, the origin story, right? How is that paradise? Because, from my understanding, I know in Arabic it's a different terminology they're using right in english it's paradise and we have heaven so heaven and paradise right so uh for me um from what i understand that paradise is just one right there's it, it, different levels of paradise you know whatnot 
so my my question is is that how is paradise paradise when um the devil was jealous and said and adam was like you know wanting like you know the fruit and whatnot because i know that when we die obviously that there is no grief we have no grief we have no jealousy we don't we're in a different level you know when we all die we go to paradise inshallah uh we're not going to feel jealousy we're not going to feel fear we're not going to feel so how is that adam and the shaitan felt all that you know and and i also put that in my head that it's not paradise it's just a different basically solar system or a different planet and we came and you know allah put us you know to this earth you know I, this you know just the conclusion i i got from this because it's like okay, brother just like your question about uh, yeah. dr iran if you can address that okay why is this bothering you my friend why is this bothering me uh because um you know when you're praying five times a day and your your goal is to go to heaven and you're told that you're going to rejoice with your loved ones and that there is no fear. There's, you're not going to um, feel pain. You're not going to feel anger. There's, there's that thing that Allah takes away from you. So you're different. You're different. You're a different, you know, thing. So my thing is that how is that, you know, there when Adam was made and the devil was there, how, how, you know, how, Okay, and you, you've asked the, many sheikhs this, and what have they said to you? They didn't. They had no answer. They had no answer. No answer. They had no and answer. Asked, so I'm, I'm really surprised, uh, to be honest with you. I'm surprised that you're thinking about this. Yeah. Because you're making lots of assumptions. The assumption is that when we're when we're having that the the place that Adam and Eve are placed to mm -hmm. learn how to use their free will is the mm -hmm. same place that we will be placed in. I and have the same qualities of the place that we'll be placed in just because the, the term is used paradise or heaven. Do you understand? So that no, there's saying that where Adam was, was that earth or is that paradise? So actually there is a there is a disagreement about this. Okay. Uh, there is there is some ikhtilaf about this. So the majority is that this is paradise, but there are some that say it may not be. Okay. But I don't I don't really see an issue. And the reason I don't see an issue is because um where we will be placed, we're told the qualities of that place, and this is what it will be like. We'll be in a different state to the state that we're in now. Yes, exactly. Which right. I'm fully aware of it. That's why. Okay. I, so I'm hang on a second. Just, just before you run away with your thoughts, let me finish what I'm saying, because then you maybe you'll understand what I'm getting to. Okay. Because what you're doing is you're taking a word and you're running with it, and that's the problem. Yeah. So the whole idea of the Garden of Eden is that you're given uh, the the Adam and Eve are given the ability to choose. Their, uh between right and wrong, i.e. Mm. utilize their free will. You yes. understand? Were they physical yeah. or spiritual? What sort of questions are you asking me, my friend? Are, were they, they were physical, right? And they're in paradise? Okay, so let me, uh, what I'll do is I'll contrast. I'm going to cost, contrast the Christian story with the Islamic story so you get a no, better I'm not, idea. I'm going to explain it this way because I think it might be useful for you, brother. Let me explain okay. it to you. So in the Christian concept, uh, Eden is on earth. There are okay. four or five rivers mentioned. It's on the earth. Okay. Okay. It's not considered to be paradise. Okay. Adam and Eve are created. Okay. And that, that's why there's a problem with the Bible because actually they say then they were sent down, but actually there's rivers that, are, that the earth is mentioned. So Adam, Adam is created and Eve is created. Mm -hmm. And Eve is blamed for taking the sin from the apple, uh, oh. taking the apple and falling uh, under, the, under the guise of the, uh, the, 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 the devil, under his uh, disguises and his tricks. And she's blamed for giving the apple to Adam, okay? 
and they are then are condemned. So Adam is condemned to suffering and uh, you know toiling in the earth, and you will have this suffering on the earth. And then the Eve is blamed, and she's given the punishment of suffering and childbirth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then they then they cast out, cut off from God, cut off from God. Okay. Uh-huh. So this is the Christian concept, the paradigm, the Christian paradigm of Adam and Eve, like a, a breaking of the relationship, a change in the nature of man, and mm-hmm. the children are then perpetually uh, inheriting the sin from uh, unjustly inheriting the sin from the parents that they had nothing to do with, and mm-hmm. human beings, even to this day, women who are having childbirth, they have to remember that this is a punishment from God. Yes. So I mean, that's the Christian perspective. Now I'm going to give you the Islamic perspective, so I think it's important, and then we'll talk about all of these other things that you're mentioning. Okay. So so God creates Adam before creating Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. God says that to the angels that I will send this creature to the earth as a vice region. Okay. So that's the plan from the beginning. There is no fall of man. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and then the angels reply, What well, are you going to create a creature that will cause bloodshed and and uh, in the land? Yes. And God says that I know that which you do not know. Exactly. Yeah? So there's good in this creature as well as, you know, and there's other factors as well. So I know that which you do not know. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is that uh, they're placed in this Garden of Eden. So like I said, there is a, some people, most of the majority will say that this is a paradise of some sort. Mm-hmm. We'll come to that. Mm-hmm. And other people say that this is, some people actually say that this is Earth, probably because they've read some of the Christian perspectives, but let's, let's not go into that. There is some disagreement about where this is. Mm-hmm. Now what happens? Uh, Adam and Eve are equally, they fall under the, you know, the tricks of Adam and uh, of, this, of the devil and they take from the fruit. They're both blamed for this. It's called a slip. It's not a major catastrophic cutting off or anything like this. They're not promised uh, punishment or, or anything. Can I not, pun- no, no, not, not yet, brother. Let me explain okay. this to you because I, what, what I need to do is I need you to understand the differences and then we'll get to it. Okay. So Adam and Eve are taught how to use their free will. Now, when they make it, what they're taught is when they make a mistake, Mm-hmm. They can repent. So God teaches them words of repentance and they can reconcile themselves with God. Mm-hmm. No punishment for women with childbearing pains, no punishment for the men to work on the earth uh, in toil, uh, no cutting off of human from God, no suffering, uh, no requirement of, of God to come down as a man and be killed. Okay, None of these things are required. Yes. Now, what happens when human beings on the earth die? They go to paradise. And in that place, we're told that there will be no suffering, no, no bad feelings, etc. Are yes. these the same? We say God knows, but but that's the, that would be the answer to that. Now, what that tells you is is that it's not something that's important for you to know. Well, I I mean, you when you're reading the Quran and in, in you see that that this was supposedly done, in, you know, because I'm reading it in English. I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't know Arabic, so that's why that's one of my issues. So, inshallah, hopefully, I will learn Arabic. Um, but when you're reading in English, it says heaven. So my thing, I'm taking it literal. You know, and yeah, then when I because yeah. we've got to get here and there on as well, and the discussion is going to probably get longer. Oh, I oh, think, I Ali, brother Ali, uh, the issue here mm-hmm. is very simple. Uh, mm-hmm. As I said to you to the previous guests as well, let, let's prioritize what's important. Yeah, don't don't worry about things that don't concern your reality of you being a Muslim and inshallah dying on Iman. No, no, I'm not Muslim. And, 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 and then practicing your religion. The no, point no, here is that, religion, the, the, brother, the, very briefly, the, the point here is this: whatever Allah has told us about this uh, of Adam alayhi salam that we we created him, fashioned him yes. from clay, we fashioned him from dust. 
-hmm. what type of clay, what type of dust, how was that done? We don't know. When Allah says that he was abiding here, exactly yeah. what it was, exactly how it was, exactly, we don't need to worry about that. If Allah has specified it, alhamdulillah. If Allah has not specified it, let's move on. Let's move on to the priorities of life of what we need to do. Sorry, Josh, uh, it, does, it does, very briefly. Yeah, just quickly, yeah, just one minute. Uh, Brother Ali, uh, just quick questions. Sure. Does Allah tell us that there will be no suffering in paradise definitively? Um, I, I don't know. I I yes. heard from obviously from you know from you know just from the khutbahs from okay, like brother Ali think uh from you know, you know brother Ali these were meant to be quick questions yeah huh? forget Zachary and I forget everyone else definitively Allah in the Quran tells us that there will be no suffering full exactly. stop so if so if Allah tells us this then the, the question has been answered but I will just say this just to explicate thirty seconds more there were more than one hundred. According to some narrations, there are about 100 levels in paradise. And yeah. as to why Allah allowed Adam to make a mistake in heaven, uh, the scholars basically say that this is what Allah intended because his place was to eventually go to the earth. His yeah. resting place is not meant to be Jannah. So because of this, Allah facilitated for him an exception, his trial with Iblis. That's it. So it does not mean that you and I will suffer in paradise because paradise is a place of reward and Allah has declared that those who get to Jannah, they will not have anything deficient, nor will they suffer, nor will they go hungry or have thirst. So if Allah says that definitively, then I believe what he says. But it, isn't, isn't it true? Uh, brother Ali, brother Ali. What, no, 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 brother Ali, brother Ali, please. Because arrogance is very Brother important. Ali, I'm very sorry. I'm really sorry. Brother Ali, I'm really sorry. Very it's an exception to the rule. Yeah, an exception to the rule. We've, we've already gone to way over time. Your question is answered, actually, brother. No, it's not. Look, well, look, it's, not. It's, it's answered. It's answered. I find actually your questions are very Christian centric. No, Allah, it's not a question. The way that you were bringing them about, very Christian centric. Which is, why I gave you the, which is why I gave the comparison between Christianity and Islam. My name is Ali. And, uh, I'm, alhamdulillah, I'm, that's fine. I, that's a good name, mashallah. Yes, now, what I'm telling you is that the, 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 the way you're thinking about things and you're going into this, you're yes. going to un unnecessarily give yourself issues because I, I don't think any of the things you've raised at all are problems, at all. But that's for me, that's my problem. And I, I and understand. I so what you, what you can so understand. So if an individual... Can, you're not giving me okay. a chance. What I wanted to know is that is that you know even Allah says you know that you can't go into heaven even with a grain of a mustard seed of arrogance. Shaitan had arrogance, yeah. And the thing is that he said, "I'm not going." Well, he didn't even. Ali, my, my whole thing is that he never yeah. even. He, Ali, never, to me, he never disobeyed. Listen, uh, Allah. Ali, listen, listen. He never disobeyed but Allah. That's not. Yeah, Ali, I, I believe that. Why? Because Ali, I read listen. The Quran and it says all the angels and, and, Ali, and the devil's not an angel. Ali, he's a no, Ali, you, you so this is another. This is another question. It's, it's another wrong. question, but I'll just say this quickly. It okay. was an exception to allow Adam salam to be trialed by Iblis. This was an exception. I and the final that, abode, and the final abode but is in Jannah. There's a hundred. There's a hundred levels to it. Yes, a hundred levels to it. If God creates an exception for two people, does that mean you're part of the exception? And to be clear, when Allah says not of uh, when it's mentioned in the hadith, I think that not a grain of uh, arrogance. This refers to us. It does not refer to Adam alaihi salam or to Iblis. It refers to us and the paradise being yeah. referred to. There is our reward, the place of Jannah at that time. It's not a reward for Adam alaihi salam, nor a place of reward for Iblis. Mm. 
that's and all about saying about the case of reward. The idea that Satan never, that Iblis never disobeyed Allah because you don't understand that actually when you're talking to a group, you can refer yeah. to the group and even if there are different different people amongst them, it yeah. would include that person. I mean, it's a very basic, very basic grammar thing that if there's a group of people and you refer to the group, it also includes the those in there who maybe not have the same term applied to them. Like a really basic thing. So I'm really surprised and I would against one to say, that it's very for me. It seems very Christian centric, but anyway, no, uh, brother, uh, I wish well, you all the uh, best. Listen, I and please come again you. and let's have this discussion. Maybe if you came on to um, the um, the uh, the, the perfect storm, really, we could discuss the perfect your, storm. Perfect storm. Yeah, we could discuss your sort of beliefs a bit further, inshallah. All right, brother, are you thank you for coming on. So, okay, okay, all the all right, best, so and thank you for putting me on. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Okay, uh, I think this is going to have to be the last person now because um, we're not going to be able to get the others on because my idea was to be brief, but we, unfortunately it's difficult to do so when the questioning is constantly adapting and changing. Uh, here and there, you're on next, and you'll be the last person on tonight. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Okay, so we're massively short on time, so I'll just try to shorten my question here, okay? So basically, my, I mean, it might not seem as a question, but what I'm trying to ask is, you, I mean, the point of dawah is basically to, um, you know, get Muslims, you know, and get converts, try to solve Muslim doubts. But here's the thing. Um, why don't you use the way that I'm about to talk about? Non-Muslims use hadith to disprove Islam. Like, you know, the Prophet them used to do this, used to do that, and whatnot, right? So why don't you say this? Like, you know, okay, you're using hadith, so, you know, what about, Okay, he also went to Islam Miraj. That's something, you know, that, that's not scientific. I mean, if, if you believe in Hadith, then you should also believe in Islam Miraj. You should believe in the tree that cried for Prophet Sallallahu And, you know, all of that. So why is it that we have to go, like, in such details, like consciousness, um, epistemology, and all of that? It's just so simple. They use Hadith. And if you, like, I mean, if, if you're using Hadith and just believe in you know the moon splitting in Islam Miraj and all yeah, brother, brother here and there brother here and there your question is understandable but uh, you have to understand from their paradigm they don't accept that these hadith are necessarily all true they're simply arguing that from our paradigm because we accept hadith they're trying to show the uh, Islam being weak or incorrect by saying these are your hadith and you believe this and this is actually wrong. This is what they're saying. So I think you misunderstand actually the angle they're coming in from. They're not saying these hadith are all from God and from uh, uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. They're saying, no, I don't believe in any of these hadith, but you do. And according to your hadith, this is very problematic. This is what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. This is the okay. sort of game that they're playing. So I think that that would not actually work what you're saying, brother. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. So now here's the thing. Just to prove them that the hadith are true. I mean, you know, how hard is it? It's like the most authentic, you know, most authentic piece of history, right? Like after the Quran. So just prove it. Brother, to, that, that's a different question and that's a different paradigm now. The, 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 the issue that you raised is that when they start criticizing hadith, then we can say to them that the Mahraj is mentioned as well and this is mentioned and that's mentioned. So you have to believe that as well now. I'm just trying to explain to you that, that that does not logically follow. So I hope that answers your question, brother. Jazakallah khair for coming on. Um, I'm really sorry yeah. to cut you short, even though you've been waiting a long time. But inshallah, maybe if you come on next time, uh, we yeah, will I'm really try, looking to join these Muslim we'll try to get you on earlier, Because I, I had like an iceberg for you guys to address, but we only have the time for an atom of it. And uh, yeah, so I'll join the next time, inshallah, 100%. Jazakallah khair, brother. Thanks for coming on. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum as 
Uh, my apologies to everybody else. I'm really sorry. We were trying to do a brief, uh, a brief, um, um, you know, conversation. But I think sometimes it's not it's not always easy to be brief um, with certain topics and certain conversations. Guys, do you want to just quickly add anything to here and there what he was saying before we? No, end this not screen? really. Uh, not really. Just quickly for uh, there were two questions, guys. Uh, will then be another stream of this kind? Very much so. And someone else asked, is this stream every Thursday evenings, every two Thursday evenings, if I'm not mistaken? I think it's... Um, okay, I uh, can't count. I've said this. Yeah, I think it's every three weeks. Um, so we've got Dawa Clinic on a Thursday. Uh, we've got, I think, Open Forum on a Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Or Perfect Storm. Uh, Perfect Storm Perfect is on Storm. a Thursday. Perfect Storm is on a Thursday. We've got, and then we've got this, uh, this stream. Okay, so every three, every three weeks. Every three weeks, inshallah. That's it. Uh, uh, Zubair, sorry, I keep removing you from the backstage because we're not going to get anybody else on. So do accept my apology. Uh, and uh, inshallah, we'll try to get you on next uh, time we're on. Just quickly, to yeah. Zubair, the answer is no. So. Okay, alhamdulillah. Uh, if any of the brothers or uh, sisters didn't get on this stream, um, mashallah, we're very grateful. Alhamdulillah, it's popular. You, you really want to ask questions, which is mashallah, fantastic. Um, just remind us that you were on waiting uh, on, on the next stream and we'll try to bump you up the queue so we give you a, a chance to get on, inshallah. Uh, Dr. Imran, Ijaz, do you want to add anything before we end the stream, inshallah? I think the only thing I would say is that the even this last brother with the comment he made, um, I had an iceberg for you guys. Yeah. Um, and this sort of, I don't understand this. <laughs> I don't understand this approach. Um Come, be open. Say who you are, what you are, what you think, and let's have a discussion. Um, we're, we're human beings. We can say things right and we can say things wrong. We, there's things we're not going to know. We'll say we don't know. Them. Well, here's an iceberg. I have an atomic bomb. Let's see what happens. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and all we need is really, you know, some biryani and everything's sorted. You know, all the problems are sorted. So, um, fried you know, chicken. If, if yeah. Come and they can. You know, it's open. For, it's open for anyone to come with doubts. Just be just be clear and open about them. Um, it's when people it's when people try and come with maybe ulterior ulterior motives or not quite clearly trying to um, you know I don't know what they're trying to do I don't think it's a good approach all I would say is be sincere and straightforward inshallah and then we can go further and maybe help better as well inshallah inshallah uh, uh, Doctor Ijaz Doctor Ijaz would you like to add anything No thank you except to say Jazakumallahu khayban to everyone and the EFW team most especially Alhamdulillah if i can just very briefly just sum up the the, the stream um Allah has mentioned certain things in the Quran and once we verify with our aql that alhamdulillah this is the Quran this is from Allah this could not be anything else any other way whatever it tells you accept it alhamdulillah full wholeheartedly Whatever Allah has decided to keep brief or perhaps vague because Allah has not explained the absolute details of something, just say, Wallahi alam, Allah knows best, I don't know. What are my priorities as a Muslim? I need to ensure that I protect my iman so I don't believe anything or do anything that jeopardizes my iman. The next important thing for me is my salah. Am I reading my salah properly? Do I understand my salah? Should I try to, inshallah, learn the surahs, learn my salah properly? Should I try to understand the Quran? Should I read the Quran more, reflect on the Quran more? Don't worry about the things that Allah has kept vague. Allah has kept them vague for a reason. Uh, you know, and, and just, inshallah, prioritize the most important things and don't delve into things that are 
perhaps confusing you that actually don't make a difference in terms of your iman, don't make a difference in terms of you practicing the fundamentals of your religion. Worry about the fundamentals and, and surround yourself with scholars and learn from the scholars. And inshallah, practice your deen, practice your religion. That will keep you away as a lay person, honestly, and I am a lay person. Many of you praise me or praise Brother Ijaz. Pray. We're, we're, I'm, I'm definitely a lay person and I keep my religion very simple. I don't know very much. Whatever Allah has told me explicitly, whatever the scholars unanimously agree upon, Alhamdulillah, I'm going to follow that. Whatever I don't understand, I leave up to Allah and I leave up to the Prophet ﷺ and I leave it to the scholars to perhaps discuss and to debate. But inshallah, my goal is that Allah is pleased with me, that I enter Jannah. What do I have to do to accomplish that goal? And inshallah, that's where my journey goes. So that's where I want to go, inshallah. So I think that's pretty much summing up um, much of the discussions that we've had today. Anything that we've said that's wrong is from ourselves. Anything that is correct that has, inshallah, inspired you or strengthened your iman is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, remember the brothers here in your dua. Remember all the brothers as well, Brother Anis and mashallah, all the other brothers, Ben and everyone else, uh, Sister Salafa, everyone who's... Mashallah, uh, Brother Martin, Chris, all of us who, uh, Brother Ayaz in the back, who support and really help and are the backbone, really. Uh, maybe they're not the faces of EF Dawah, but certainly they are the backbone, the strength, the foundation of what we do here. Uh, so may Allah, inshallah, you know, bless them as well. And so remember us all in your dua, inshallah. Including Brother Google. Including Brother Google. Brother Google who passed away, uh, one of our, uh, our team members who passed away. Um, you can go back to the stream. We have the stream, live stream uh, for Brother Google as well uh, a few weeks back. Uh, so inshallah, remember us in your dua, inshallah. And please pray that we remain sincere and do whatever we do for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and that pray for the ummah as well Yes, we have our trials Yes, we have our tribulations But alhamdulillah We have iman, inshallah We are Muslim, alhamdulillah And inshallah, these things will pass And inshallah, we look forward to inshallah Being resurrected with the Prophet sallallahu With the companions And have an eternal life, inshallah With Allah, in the presence of Allah With bliss and happiness, inshallah which, we, which will be eternal forever and forever, inshallah. So whatever trials and tribulations of my brothers and my sisters you're going through, it will pass, inshallah. It will pass. Don't lose hope. Shaitan wants you to lose hope. Shaitan wants you to be have despair. Don't have despair, inshallah. Things will get better. Things will improve. And if Allah alleviates your problems in this world, alhamdulillah, and inshallah, Allah will alleviate all your problems in the hereafter, inshallah. Jazakallah khair for joining us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.